G'day, T-Bone. How are you, mate? G'day, Adzi. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good, mate. Uh, you want a beer? Ooh, yeah. What have you got there? Well, mate, I got a nice cold can of Cheeky Monkey Brewing Company's West Coast IPA, 6.5%. Where'd you get that, mate? Well, funnily enough, I was just up at the Cheeky Monkey Brewery production facility in Vass, in the industrial area up there, and, uh, mate, not only are they making bulk amounts of quality beers and canning them up, but you can sit down, order a little wood-fired pizza, and uh, get a frothy one out of the keg straight off the wood, mate. Jeez, Adzi, that sounds like an endorsement deal to me. Well, a matter of fact, it is, my good friend. Uh... I'm proud to announce that this next episode of Barreled Surf Podcast is brought to you by the good folk at Cheeky Monkey Beer. It's a quality local brewery here in the southwest, just like us, and it's pumping out some delicious frothy beers. Wow, Adji, it sounds like you sold yourself out for a couple of beers, mate. Of course I bloody have, T-Bone. You should know me better than that by now. <laughs> but uh, not just any beer, mate. It's got to be a Cheeky Monkey. everyone. Oh, my name's Adzi. I'm sitting in my shed once again. Uh, we are doing an interview today. It is uh, Saturday afternoon, a lovely spring afternoon. Sun is shining. And today I have the pleasure of having a friend of mine and a local Dunsbury yelling up stalwart and shaper extraordinaire by the name of Alan Bean. How are you, Al? Oh, I'm good, Adzi. Thanks, mate. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for coming in and Having a chat to us, it took us, uh, like anyone, took us a few weeks to, uh, you know, find time frames that linked up with each other, but we, we got there eventually. Yes, mate. Yeah. All good. So, um, we've just cracked a, uh, a beer in here and we're about to do an interview. Um, you're listening to Barreled Surf Podcast and, uh, yeah, we've got Al Bean who's going to hopefully uh, give us a few insights on... Uh, how and how not to order a, a custom board and how not to piss off the shaper when you're putting in your next order. <laughs> Is that Mission Impossible? Or? No, no, that's all good, mate. They don't piss me off too much. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll get through that. So, um, mate, Al's been around a pretty long time. Um, how old are you, Al? I'm just 63 now. 63, yep. So, uh, And you've been down in the southwest of WA for a pretty long time. Um, you've been a surfer and a shaper for most of your life um, yep. down around these parts and, and you, you're still a shaper now. Yep, still doing it. Yep, beauty. Down yep. in Dunsborough there, uh, the AB logo is pretty synonymous uh, throughout the state of West Australia for many years of surfing. So we're going to delve into Al's story a bit today. Um, hopefully he'll rip out a couple of stories for us. Um, but like everyone uh, who we do the interview with, usually like to start at the start and, and paint a bit of a picture of a of a young frothing Albine uh, and where he grew up and how he got into surfing. So where did it, where did it all begin, mate? Where were you born and, and where'd you grow up? 
Well, birthplace is a bit out of the ordinary, mate, Kalgoorlie. Oh, right. Jeez. <laughs> All of a sudden, that explains a few things, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it might help with a few of those different things. Yeah, no, mate, only, the, only till I was two years old. Then the folks moved to Scarborough which was a good move for me. Wow, what a change, Kalgoorlie to Scarborough. You yeah, wouldn't well, have been old enough to know it, no, but geez, no, that was no, a blessing, no, no. wasn't it? Two years old, mate, didn't know a thing. Yeah, okay, okay. So got, yeah, brought up in Scarborough, which made it pretty easy to hang on the beach and go surfing. Yep, so uh, how old were you when you sort of have your first memories of, of splashing around in the shore break and stuff like oh, that? Oh, well, um, Cool Light Days was my first probably... Oh, no, before the cool lights, we were out in the surf mats, weren't we? You know, I oh, mean, yeah. back then, that was what was going on. Yeah, so what and were you then, you reckon? At oh, what age, roughly? Yeah, 10. 10? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, somewhere back there. No worries. Yeah. So you started out on the surf mats at the oh. Scarborough Beaches and... Yes, that's right, and then progressed to a cool light. Yep, no worries. And, um, yeah, just taking off on closeouts and... Doing what you did then. <laughs> and frothing. Yeah, frothing. Uh, and and what, uh, what year was that, just roughly? Uh, like late 60s? Uh, probably about 67, yeah, 67, yeah, right. somewhere around there. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, so, um, mate, you know, when you got on those cool lights, who was, did you have a bunch of mates that you were doing it with or was there anyone that you were sort of peers that you were looking up to and going, geez, I want to be a surfer because of that? Back then it wasn't really like that, I don't reckon. It was more so just your mates from school and in the street where you grew up and we'd all just go to the beach as often as we could. Yep. Just something um, to do. Yeah, just something to do. Yep. So, I mean, at what stage then did it progress from the cool light to – Saying, geez, I, I want to get a Mel, or because yeah, that's yeah. what was going—a fiberglass. Board well, we and- borrowed a couple of Mel's on the way. Uh, mate from school, Andrew Gibson, was a brother of Billy Gibson, who's okay. who you know well. Yep. And Billy lent us his Mel one over. I remember trudging down the beach with one on one end and one on the other end of that. Yeah, because you would have been little guys and some pretty big well, boards. That's though. right, mate. Big <laughs> board, little guys. But you know, once again, that's probably a start. You know. Yep. And then uh, my first board, I was in second year high school. Oh yeah. That uh, I managed to get hold of a fiberglass surfboard, a, a five foot six twin fin, made oh. by made by Dave Plaisted. Wow, him. that's pretty short. That was a pretty that, crazy transition. It was a crazy transition. Yeah, right. But that was what was available and, and what and, I could afford. And how did you acquire it? I uh, bought it off a guy named Dave Plaisted, who used to make them. Dapper. Oh, okay. It became Sunrise Surfboards a bit later on down here. Yeah, right. At okay. Smith Beach there. Yep. And did you have a part-time job or something? How did you get the money for that? No, that would have been a bit of help from mum and dad, I reckon. Yep, yep. <laughs> so you were pretty keen. You'd obviously, they'd seen you crossing down the beach all the oh, time. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, righto, we'll buy you a board. Yeah, yeah, I was a pretty heavy frother on going surfing, mate. Yeah. That was all I wanted to do. Classic. Yeah. And can you remember your first, like, clean face or first yes. real good wave or something that really gave you the bug? Yeah, mate. You that can? was That was... That was pretty much down here at the age of 15, my first trip down here. Yeah. Uh, I got to paddle out and surf car park. Oh, yeah. And I got to paddle out and surf the lefts at Yells. Oh, yeah. And even got a taste of Margaret's. Yeah, right. All, all in a weekend. Well, yeah, right. And th- and so that's On a first. five foot six twenty. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they were your sort of first r- memories of real, of real oh, waves. Oh, yeah. Was there. You, the you feeling get- of a wave at car park was just incredible. Like, yep. solid, clean. You know, what I call solid, probably three or four foot. Oh, you mate, know? that's huge. When but you're it was huge when you were 15. And, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And come from the beaches of Perth and, you know, yeah. into some 
reef break power down here. It's yeah, the first. Well, time coming from beaches, yeah. yeah, and then all of a sudden you're on a reef that actually held its shape instead of closing out. You know. So you did jump ahead there a little bit on my notes. I was going to ask you about your first down south trip, but um, mate, we'll, we'll, we might as well explore that now that we're here, and I'll just jump back to uh, yep. some Scarborough questions no a little worries, bit later. Mate. So first down south trip, how, how did it pan out? Uh, panned out really good. Uh, it was with a mate and his dad. Oh, yeah? He brought us down here for the weekend. Was, was the dad a surfer? or No, no. He was very much into catching salmon. Oh, okay. So he came down fishing, and me and my mate were into surfing, and we just... Like I said, he he fished around Inji and Yells, and we surfed at Inji and Yells. So he was probably just burling up the water and and trying to put you on the close <laughs> salmon school. And yeah, there's some ways out there, boys. Just go for it. Something yeah, like that. No, <laughs> he was pretty patient actually. He let us yeah. surf. Did he? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was an incredible feeling surfing those waves. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So you came down for a few days, and yeah, as you say, you got car park, and and and, and we actually yeah got car park and Yells and. Um, and even went to Margie's main break. And Margie's actually Margie's main break was the next trip. I'm sorry about that. I confused oh, yeah. the issue there. But well, it's a fair while ago, mate. So same okay. board. That's what was confusing me. Oh yeah. No leg rope on a five foot six twenty and south sides. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I did a bit of swimming to say the least. Did you? Yeah, yeah, classic. Yeah. So, I mean, on those first trips, I mean, there wouldn't have been many people in the water. I'm sure. There wasn't a lot of crew, no. No, and so were you sort of nervous or scared, or were you just oh, yeah. unbridled froth, or oh no, well, f- we were frothing big time, but yeah, also pretty bloody wary of it all. Yeah, you know? yeah, and, w- and probably not many people in the lineup to show you around. No, I remember surfing. Well, we didn't know about the rights at Yells End, and so we were looking at the lefts. Yeah, it looked like the obvious thing to do. Yeah, at least that one looked makeable. But then I got out of the water and. I remember to this day sitting on the stairs just looking at it after we'd surfed it. Yeah. And this fella come along and sat down next to me and said, G'day, you know, this bloke with long white hair and looked like a bit of a hero type of a guy, you know. And yeah. I was only 15 and he took the time out to sit and chat to me. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm going, wow, what a nice fella. And it turns out it was George Simpson. Oh, there you go. And so that was my first introduction to George. Yeah. And uh, he, yeah, a, a really nice fella, you know. He took the time to talk to a 15 year old kid. That's awesome, man. Tried to give me some advice as to, yeah, that does get rights here and da 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 Yeah, right, okay. So uh, that was pretty nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And, uh, mate, uh, just a side note, uh, it's George Simpson's 70th birthday celebration tonight. Tonight, yes. So I dare say there'll be many a crusty old dog swilling a few cold, crispy lagers. There would be a fair few of them, mate. Yeah, and you're heading heading there afterwards? I think so. Yeah, yes. cool. Yes, I'm going to try and make that. Yeah, just go for one or two. Yeah, just yeah. a couple of quick ones. Oh, that's cool. All right, so, um, mate, once you got your first taste of down south, you know, were you just, was oh. that it? Was that the goal then? Oh, yeah, I was a victim, mate. I, yeah. I, you know, for years we came down every weekend. Every weekend we could. You and, know. and how were you getting down most of the time? Were your oh, parents... I had mates a couple of years older than me. I was pretty smart in that department because yeah. they had licences <laughs> and I didn't. Yeah. And um, no, we'd all chuck in our... I think we used to put in... Four of us used to put in something like $5 each into the petrol tin. Yeah. Uh, into the jar for petrol money for the weekend. Yeah, right. And we'd drive... And at the end of the weekend, we'd split up what was left. Yeah, hey, right. Cool. Simple and times. Did it, did it, yeah. Did it for many, many weekends. Every oh, weekend. That's awesome. And it was a long trip back then too, eh? It was a long roads trip. roads and yeah. stuff. No, it was all single lane and had to go right through Bunbury and, you know, yeah, Australind. Right, right through the middle of them all. Right through the middle. 
yeah, yeah. No bypasses back then. No, mate. No, <laughs> no. Well, it was a long journey. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and a few memorable ones there. You know, there wasn't many police on the on the road. No, and there was breathalysers no... weren't no. really uh, in action back then. <laughs> There's no such thing. No. So no. Uh, any, anything that jumps out off the page off you there, any ones no. that really got a bit loose or almost no, died no, driving we were, down? Or... We were frothing on surfing, you know. Yeah. We weren't getting too wasted for weekends. It was more so just come and get as many waves as we could. Yeah, yeah. That's all we wanted to do. And a few fun convoys yeah say. always a convoy a bit of egging going on you know yep. you'd stop and ambush someone with a dozen eggs in your hand and yeah yep. as they'd come up behind you <laughs> sounded like pretty standard practice <laughs> yeah back then, pretty didn't standard it? practice mate. <laughs> good call yeah classic and um so mate just quickly back to um the scarborough days who were you knocking around with as a surfer back then is there anyone that well, um, went on and, and carried on with you now i know uh, Billy Gibson was he around? He, he well, told me Billy was a year or so older than me. Yep. Um, you know, obviously we've reacquainted ourselves over these recent, you know, decades, <laughs> being in the similar industry. Yep. And um, but no, it was it was guys. You know, there's guys that still surf today. Guys like Barry Nettle, and they were guys I went to school with. You know. Yep. It was more so your primary school mates. Yeah. Cool. Um, but then. You know, once we left Scarborough and moved to south of the river, mum and dad bought a place over south of the river there near Melville, Alfred Cove area. Yep. Um, and that made it a bit harder uh, to get to the beach, but I befriended people, like I said, with licences. And, um, yeah, mate, I got down there as often as we could. Yeah, right. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. So did you finish school through to no, know, year 12 or whatever I, it was? Or? No, I didn't. Uh, I did one term of fourth year. Yep. And then I got offered a job in the city in a surf shop. Okay, what surf shop was that? That was the only surf shop in the city at the <laughs> time called Oceans. Oh, okay, where was it, that? It became Star eventually. Oh, right, in the, right in the guts of the it city. It was right in Forest Place. Okay. Uh, Gary Grierson was the guy that managed it. Yep. And I was his offsider. Yep. And uh, that was my first job, my what first was that, real early job. Early 70s? Yeah, early 70s, yep. early, early 70s. And what were you doing just... Just hanging out in the shop and, just, and frothing yeah. on surfboards, mate. Yeah. That's when I got the taste for surfboards. <laughs> Is it? Classic. Well, I used to have to sell them. Yeah, yeah. And so I got to play with them all day, feeling them and checking them out and imagining them. And, yeah, right. You know, it was a pretty good grounding into the industry that I'm in now. So so what stage did you shape your first board then? Pretty soon after Yeah, that? when I was 16, I went out on a limb and I bought 10 blanks. Wow. So that was... Shipped over from the East Coast. Uh, that was after you got the job at this shop? At the surf shop, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was 15, I think. Wow. That's 15 a... or 16 when I started that job. Okay. And I was 16 when I ordered my first 10 blanks and a roll of glass and a couple of piles of resin. Wow, that's a big investment for a 16-year-old. It was a huge investment. Wow. And um, But I was earning money, you see. And where did you shape them? I uh, turned Dad's garage into a yeah. mini factory. Standard. <laughs> Standard procedure for anyone, I think. And did you sell any of those first ten? Or yeah, I did. I sold them all. Did you? Um, yeah. Oh, I know. I had a couple for myself. Yeah. But slowly but surely, you know. Oh, they were probably terrible things, mate. But, <laughs> you know, you got to start somewhere, don't yeah. you? You know. Oh, that's awesome. But I, I, you know, I had at least the the grounding of of playing with a lot of different boards in the shop, so I kind of knew what I wanted to try and do. Yeah. Sort of helped a lot. Yeah, that's cool. And then I used to go down, I befriended a fellow named Cole Adams. Oh, yep. Who's probably the best shaper I've ever seen. Yeah, right. And uh, 
went down there, I'd take him down a six-pack of beers and stand there after work and watch him shape. Where was he shaping? At Len Dibbins. Okay. Yeah. Was that Fremantle? It was in the old church in Fremantle. Old yeah. church, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how, did you ever end up stocking any of your boards in that ocean no, store? No, 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 no. I never got to that grade then. Yeah, right. No, that was just very much a first go. Yep. And, um, and it wasn't long after I left that job... Um, Len, Len Dibbon offered me a job actually Oh right So I went and worked for Len With great hopes of learning this Everything Yeah okay um, But I ended up making wax And um, fixing dings And yeah, vacuuming right. the showroom and Classic um, A whole bunch of different stuff really Making fin panels and Wow so you were just Straight into the industry Right out of school I, I like, kind of was Straight yeah. You know yeah. I think people like Probably like myself You know And, and many other crew In our industry Are just we're just surfers that frothed a bit harder than the average surfer, I think, and didn't, you know, yeah. didn't want to do anything but. And I guess back then it, there just wasn't as as many options to buy boards and get equipment and things no. like that. So it was well, a like bit I more said, that on. surf shop that we worked in was the first shop in WA. Yeah, right. First surf shop oh, as that's such. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was good because prior to that you had like Cordingley's and uh, Len Dibbon and Murray Smith and uh, Jacko and Blacksell's. And yeah. they were all factory retail you know, all in one. Yeah, there wasn't a, just a surf shop. Not, not a yeah, not a f- nice clean sort of shop front where you could That's go correct. in and look at pictures and yeah, yeah not get covered in dust. And no, nah. <laughs> so it was a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah, oh, I that was pretty it. cool. So yeah. then you went to Len Dibbon and you and you just and then it started. Went from to Len and worked there with Len for well, I can't remember how long I was there. Probably best part of a year or so anyway. And then um, and then got a call up from Gazza Grierson, who used to be the guy I worked for in the surf shop, and he'd yep. started Grierson surfboards up in Osborne Park. And Cole Adams had left Len Dibbon then and was shaping boards for Gary Grierson. Yep. And Gaz called me up and said, Cole wants to teach you to shape and yeah. uh, you got to start. So wow. Awesome. I said, see you to Len and went up there. Okay, cool. And, and then and then I got there and then Russell Caddo came on the scene who was a very good surfer and a yep. bit of a notable notoriety character. Yeah, yeah. How you say it? Yeah, that'll do. And I know uh, what you mean. he kind of stepped on my shoes a little bit there and <laughs> took over the shaping bay before I got a chance to get a start. Uh, so I became a glasser for a few months there. Yep, yep. But then I think he decided he didn't want to shape him and I got my start after. He all. was he was more into he was like quite a competitive, uh, successful competitive surfer. Very, very good surfer, very competitive. Yep. And um, obviously, um, Caden Caddo and James Caddo uh, it was a you know pretty successful exactly. pro for a fair while there. Oh yeah, no, they're a surfing family. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, so you're up there, and then you started shaping under Cole, and he taught you the trade. Started shaping under Cole. How long did you stay with him for? Uh, well, what happened? I stayed there for a year or so, a couple of years. Well, no, longer in general. But I worked in Osmond Park every day for a year at least, and then one day. One of my Sunday drives back from here, back to the city, just about with tears in my eyes, knowing it was going to be just pumping tomorrow <laughs> and no one down here. Yeah. And I, I just couldn't face it, really. And I, and I had this thought just came over my head to move down here. And I thought, how am I going to do this, you know? And then, But I was renting a house at the time, me and a friend of mine, Wayne Stevens. We, $10 each a week, we had an old farmhouse on the Ellenbrook Road. Oh, so you were renting a house down there even though renting you weren't living ha- out down here? Well, no, no, no. No one lived down here then hardly. Yeah, so it was just for your weekend? It was just a weekend pad. Yeah, a weekender. An old an old farmhouse on the Ellenbrook Road. for te- 20, It was 20 bucks a week, 10 bucks each. Yeah, right. And then, um, so I'm driving back to Perth and I went, 
I've got to figure this out. So well, you're already paying rent down here. I'm so. already paying rent, my 10 <laughs> bucks. Yeah. But there was just, <laughs> I mean, there was just no job opportunity. There was no job there opportunity. There was hardly anything going down here, was there? was there? nothing. You could uh, you could be a, uh, what do they used to do? The, with the wheat, wheat carting or, Cutting you know, wheat. chopping the wheat down and loading it up. Yeah, that was about it. That was about it. Hay baling, you know, and that sort of stuff. Oh, and yeah. I didn't want to do any of that. No. So I went to Gaz on Monday morning when I got back to work and I said, do you care if I shape the boards here or not? He yeah. said, I couldn't care less. He said, as long as you give me 10 a week, yeah, you just go do what you've got to do. So right. I went, okay, I'm out of here. And I, Next weekend I went down and I, uh, the side of the old farmhouse had a lean-to, yeah. like a garage. Yeah. So I boarded it up. Yeah, and uh, dug a couple of shaping stands into the dirt, Sick. hung a couple of neon, neon lights each side, <laughs> and had a shaping bay. Gold. And then uh, I basically moved down the weekend after that. Is that right? Yeah, I yeah. moved down there, and I had to do ten boards a week. Yeah. So I'd, my average day, well, my every day, was to get up, drive to Margaret's, because it wasn't that far. See what's going on with the ocean because we didn't have phones that told us then. What, you couldn't drive down the end of the road to Ellenbrook at the time? Uh, well, I'd usually surf Margaret, so I'd go there first. Oh, yeah. And, um, and make a decision on where I was going to surf. Yeah, right. Be it Lefties, Redgate, whatever, you know. Yep, yep. Many's the day I went, decided to surf Lefties and drive back to Lefties and there was nobody there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like seriously, not a car there. Yeah. And it was incredible days. Oh, man. So I'd surf awesome. till lunchtime every day. And by yourself a lot or...? Yeah, quite often on my own. Quite often yep. there was other guys. There was Tony Hardy and there was a few guys down that way. Yep. There wasn't a lot. There wasn't so much of a community of guys down there, just stragglers, I think, yeah. back then. Yep. Um, yeah, and I'd, I'd get my morning surf in. Had which a few was, surf partners, though, that you'd pick up every now and then? Or no, like there was no one I really knew down that way. Right. Uh, I just, like I said, I frothed pretty hard, mate, and yeah. I just wanted to go surfing. <laughs> Sick. So I'd go surf and then come home and shape two boards. Yeah, right. And then on Friday night, yep. uh, my right. mate would usually come down for the weekend with his girl or whatever. Yep. And I'd drive to Perth for the weekend. All right, so you'd give him the house for the weekend. He had the house to himself. Cool. I'd go to Perth, give mum my dirty washing. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you wouldn't have had a washing machine. Eat her out of house and home for a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> go and get paid for my 10 shapes and pick up 10 more blanks and drive down on Sunday. That's awesome. Because you would have been doing it rough out there as a single bloke in Ellenbrook with no one around. Oh, there no. There wasn't much washing going on, was oh, there? Oh, there wasn't any washing going and, on. And mate. then food would have been pretty Food scarce. was pretty meagre. <laughs> salad sandwiches, you know. <laughs> cheese and salad. There was a cheese shop up the road. Oh, <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I've actually got a bit of family history down Ellenbrook there. Oh, have you? Yeah, yeah. My um, back on uh, on my mum's side, going way back, is yeah. Um, uh, yeah. She she recorded, um, dug it up, and yeah, um, there was they were they were um, farmhands or or um, what do you call it? Basically, just help for the for the actual Bustle family for okay. Ellen and, and that there. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah. So they were just little. Just bloody peasants, I guess, just helping out on the farm. So, yeah, I've got a bit of history down there, which is Fantastic. pretty cool. Yeah. No, it's a beautiful part of the world. It is a nice it? little valley, isn't it? It is a nice little valley. And no doubt you surfed down the road there a bunch, did you? Oh, I surfed heaps down there, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was too easy. And you're a goofy footer? No, I'm a natural footer. Oh, a natural footer. Yeah. So well, I love um, me back end. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, what about uh, the womb? That's a pretty scary No, wave. I didn't know about the womb back did, then. Didn't did, go near it. Didn't look, look <laughs> at that and went, that's not a wave. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> no, no. It's... Not for anyone back then. No. I didn't know anyone that ever surfed the womb back no, then. No, it was just too gnarly, you know. Mm. It was pretty heavy. Would have been just about main rake and the bombie and stuff, I guess. 
Yeah, main break. Oh, you're talking about Alan Brook? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just mainly out in front there. Just just a main break. The yeah. bombing a little but bit. But usually too. lefties probably even more than that. Yeah. Lefties yeah. was the go-to place a lot. Did you ever just walk up to lefties? Oh, no, there? we always drove. Yeah, because you could drive right to yeah, the car park there. Yeah, just flog me old Holden station wagon up the track. Yeah. Get right up in front of it. Unreal. Oh, perfect. The best onshore wave around back then. Yeah. In the sure. Arlo too, you know. Wow, that sounds like something out of Morning of the Earth, mate. Mate, it shack. was. There literally was not the many people. Thing. Yeah. But on the weekends it was full. Was it? Yeah, a lot of people come down from Perth on the weekends then. Like the weekend surfs were reasonably, you know, crowded in sometimes. In, in a way. In yep. a way. In a way. Yeah. Not like we know it now, but no. back but. then you'd consider half a dozen or more a bit of a crowd, you know. Yep, yep. But, but during the week there was literally nobody. Yeah, oh, that's and that led on. That led on further to um, I did a couple of years of that. You know, driving to Perth every weekend and dropping my boards off. Yep. And my dad said to me one night when I got up there, he said, "Oh, my accountants and their their, their colleagues have all just pulled together and bought a caravan park and a shop near Bustledon somewhere." He said, "And they're looking yeah. for someone to run it." Right. He said, "Are you interested in running it?" And I said, "No." I don't want to go near there. It sounds like way too much I'm pretty work. happy down in Quarrum <laughs> up doing what I'm doing, you know. Yeah, and you're thinking Bustledon. I'm thinking Bustledon, like what are you talking about? No, Father's no, Father's no. sons and stuff who just wanted to cave your head in. Like yeah, that, exactly. Yeah? It was a bit spooky to even drive in there back then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Get in and out as quick as you could. Yeah, right. Um, and then the next weekend I come up and he goes, I found out more about that caravan park. And I'm going, oh, yeah, what's that? And he said, no, it's at a place called Yelling Up. Oh, yeah. Do you know that? And I said, yeah, I know that. Yeah. He said, yeah, they've got a caravan park and a shop there. They're looking, they need someone to run it. No way. I said, oh, I'm real interested in yeah. that. And there's two caravan parks in Yelling Up. Well, there wasn't. Oh, there wasn't? No, there was okay. only the beach one. Oh, so it's, mate, we're, for anyone who, who doesn't know Yelling Up, there's a caravan park, which is hands down one of the greatest caravan park locations in the world. I mean, it's beachfront at Yelling Up. You've got great waves. You've got the swimming lagoon, you know, the Malaluka trees. It's it's absolutely idyllic iconic caravan park so that's obviously the one that you're talking about that's the one mate so it, what happened but then? it had well surfside was the shop as we probably a lot of us remember yep and um so just one shop down on the beach yeah just one shop right on the beach and what right did they on, sell food and they sold yeah burgers and steak and chips and salad and that sort of stuff yep. chalk milks papers pies yep. yep yep so it looked a little general store right on the beach yep Pretty much. So five days before Christmas in 1977, yep. the 20th of December, we took it over. Right. Or I took it over. Yep. And I'd never flipped a burger in my life, didn't know anything about them, but managed to employ a couple of girls that had worked there before and were looking for jobs. And so, they the, so the Surfside took over. cafe shop was yes. part of the caravan park? Yes, that's correct. Even though it was, what, across the road? Across the road, but yep. it was still part of the deal. They bought yep. the whole thing. It was all, all part of the deal. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Across yep. the car park, but yes. same thing. So you took it over. Uh, how old were you then? Roughly? Twenty. Twenty. Exactly. So all of a sudden, 20. you're managing a caravan park. You're managing. Well, the caravan a... park was secondary. I kind of ignored that for a year. Did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was just like four foot high of weeds, and not many people <laughs> used to come and stay back then. Really? No. Yeah, there was right. a few of the what turned out to be local crew now, but were a bit uh, feral back then. Yeah. We're just sort of living in there, you know? So not many people had caravan par- uh, caravans or anything like no, that? There very was no, very rarely cabins. someone would roll up to stay there. Yeah, and there was no cabins or anything? It was uh, Not in the caravan part. There was three chalets next to the shop. Oh, yeah? I had to keep a handle on those somehow. Yep, yep. <laughs> which, once again, I'd employ people to do that. Yeah, um, right. 
But um, that just sort of took care of itself. People, they wanted to pitch a tent, they could. I don't think I did a very good job on that side (laughs) of it at all, mate. So what happened at Surfside there, mate? How'd you go cooking burgers? Any stories? Well, like I said, I employed the girls to do that. They'd done it before and they sort of took the reins over from me. All I had to do was take the orders out the front. Oh, yeah. And and food came out the other end and it worked and it was great. Yeah, classic. But, um, yeah, no, I had a couple of good years there and... You know, you you talk about crowds and that. I'd wander over the road and check the surf quite often on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or whatever day it was, you know, and I'd yep. just go over and have a look and there'd be nobody, not a car in the car park. Wow. Not a car in the car park, mate. Oh, and just sunny offshore, four-footers. sunny, beautiful day. Yep. This photo just reminded me of it, in fact. Really? Yeah, yep. and I'd be looking out at just... Perfect empty right-handers. Wow. And going, wow, there's not even anyone here. And I'd just go and shut the shop and go surfing. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Did you have to shut the shop or could the girls run it for you? No, 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 no. During the week, I didn't employ anyone. Because oh, okay. no, some days I'd sell one chalk milk and a newspaper. You know? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I basically shut it a lot and went yeah. surfing. <laughs> oh, so you just had empty yelling up to yourself. A, I had empty yelling lot. up to myself a lot. Yeah, which, um, mate, is one of my favourite. Or a favorite. couple of crew out there, maybe, you know, yeah. but quite often I remember having many surfs on my own out there. Yeah, yeah. Or the it, bubble in the afternoon would go onshore and yeah. just no one there, but good waves still. Wow, what a dreamy era, man. I had a was. really, really lucky run. Yeah, you know? that's awesome. Right yeah. place, right time. Yeah, just... Because yelling up's just one of my favourite and, oh, you know, it's such absolutely. a... It's a favourite of many people in yeah. WA now and, and not just for surf, but just for... The lagoon and, and everything, yeah. but mate, I just there's something about it. I just yeah. love surfing that way. When it's good, yeah. you know, coming in and swimming across that lagoon back yeah. to the beach, it's just mate, it's, it's, it's our pretty special satisfactory place. stuff, isn't it's it? Our special place, and we were both down there having a swim today. Yeah, Bumped there you go. You in the car this morning. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, just having a swim. Yeah, um, but mate, uh, any memorable stories about the uh, Surfside Cafe there? Oh yeah, had a few good times in there. Um, yeah, well, the bikies rolled into town there one afternoon. And Is I that thought, right? Yeah. <laughs> I sort of shitting myself, really, looking out the window at about 20 bikes just all idling and revving out the front. Like a proper bikie gang? Like a proper bikie who, who gang. Was, who was that? Don't know. I don't name. know. I don't, yeah. No, I don't know. Enough. I think they're from Bunbury. Yeah. But, but um, Proper bunch of dirty, mean-looking no, bikers. No, they looked a bit average, you know, but, yeah. you know, they were good guys, yeah. as it turned out. So, um, so tell me the story. Okay, so... They, they they rolled up one afternoon there pretty late into the afternoon and wanted dinner. Yeah. So I went and greeted them at the door because they all had alcohol. And, uh, yeah. Big long necks probably. Yeah. Brown paper bags full of alcohol, you know. And I'm going, yeah. oh, boys, you can't bring that in here, you know. And they're going, yeah. what? What do you mean? What do you mean they're stuffing it in their jackets? What alcohol? What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, fellas, you're going to cost me my job, you know. I, I really can't get into trouble here, so... I'm kind of asking you as best I can without causing any hassles, don't come in here with alcohol. Yeah, which they wouldn't and, have taken kindly to. Oh, you know, and they were a bit upset there at first. And then, he, then the guy said, well, you're going to give us a feed? And I said, I'll give you a feed. Yeah. That's no problem. Yeah. I said, I just can't let you drink in here, guys, because I'll lose my job. Yeah, you know, so I don't want to lose my job. Yeah, you're 20 years old. You've I'm got 20 this... years old. Give me a break. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I've got this dream job. Anyway, dream. as it turned out, they came in and had a feed and then by the and end they of they the... didn't drink? They'd, no, they'd... they left their alcohol out there and they were good blokes, mate. Really? Yeah, they were. They and were you fine. cooked them all a bunch of... Cooked them up some burgers and yeah. chips and things like that and it was all good. Wow, there you yeah, go. Yeah, but I had to stand there and tell them to go wow. away. I was... That's a quaking in my boots, oh, mate. Yeah, it would have been a 
A pretty nervous moment there as a 20-year-old just surfing every day, selling one chalk milk a week, and exactly. next minute you got 20 bikies on your door, and yeah. I can't believe you even told him not to drink because let's be honest who would have no one would have found out well, there's probably no one around no cops possibly around. not but i just was just like well i've got to do I've this i have to follow s- the rules i've got to man up it's not my shop you know yep yep so as it turned out mate by the end of the night the, the head of them all was standing there showing me photos of his kids yeah you know <laughs> right. and his missus it was all good oh that's awesome it and where did good. where did they go they uh, look worse than they than they were yeah you know? yeah they're probably you know 70s bikies were probably uh a bit more of a, an Aussie uh, larrikin Pretty much. sort of back then, maybe not quite as sinister as they could be today, I, That's I guess. That's very true, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and where did they go after that? Did they all just bloody roll a swag out in front of your shop or oh, what happened? Look, well, everyone used to sleep in the car park anyway. Yep. Yeah, so probably, I don't remember, they're probably in the caravan park for all I knew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't pay rent. <laughs> no, I, did, I didn't ask yeah. either. <laughs> yeah, thought, quit while I'm ahead, eh? Just go. Hey, boys, by the way, you owe me rent. For all your, <laughs> no, I know yeah. you don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's classic. Yeah, mate, no, there was some pretty good things like that. Happening. Oh, that's awesome, man. And so how long did that gig last? That lasted a couple of years, till yeah. 1979. And then what happened? Uh, then and you're still shaping. Sorry, I, I was shaping a few boards through that time, just for crew that wanted them. A few mates still wanted boards. You know, I'd sort yep. of at that stage just gone. I've got to concentrate on this. You got rid of that Ellensbrook house. Yeah, I'd yep. I'd moved out of there and um, moved into the shop, so I didn't need that anymore. Yeah. So where were you shaping them? Uh, down in Smith Valley, at, oh, yeah. uh, where Sunrise Surfboards used to oh, be, yeah. and Tom Hoy used to be there before that. There's a winery there now in that building, isn't it? That's correct, the, yeah. The yeah. Brent White. The Brent White's uh, Craig's place. Yeah, yep. Uh, Geograph Wines, I think it is, or something like that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there was a shaping bay in there that I could use, and a glassing bay, and... Yeah. So I used to just make the odd board, you know? Just making the odd board for, for mates and weren't That's doing it. runs to Perth anymore? No, you... no runs to Perth for that couple of years. It yeah. was, and, and it was a great intro to this area for me because I met pretty much every local person that lived here. Yeah, right. Um, awesome. You know, all the crew that were around then, you know, because yep. it was starting to get a community of surfers down here then. Okay. In the late 70s, you know? Yep, yep. So that was, uh, yeah, it was a really, that was my intro into Yells, really. I've never been, I've, I've mo- I think it's since then I've moved in a 15 kilometre radius, you know, <laughs> haven't moved out. Of no, any. why would you? No, why would you? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So why did Bless. you leave there? What happened? Uh, well, the ownership changed on the shop and I'd kind of had enough to, you know, not of my lifestyle, but of just the politics of it all. Yep. And so um, I went back to, no, what did I do? I went, yeah, I moved back to Perth for about six months. Wow. Yeah, and I worked with Cole Adams. D- uh, and you went that back there just to just shape to, boards? Well, I had to do something. Yeah. And incomes down here weren't that oh, yeah. easily come across. Yeah. And so uh, I went back there for about six, probably about six months, and worked in at Oceans, oh, uh, yeah. not, which was the shop that I've originally started in. But by now, it was a label of a surfboard that Cole Adams had started. Oh, okay. So I worked with him for six or eight months in there doing that. Unreal. And then I came back down here and moved back into the um, area. I moved into Dunsborough area, just between Dunsborough and Yells. Jeff Colmsey had a place. Yep. And I rented that off him for the next couple of years and built a little shaping bay out the back. Yep. And then I used to shape boards for Tom Blacksell. Oh, yeah. And then... Uh, at that time, also Star Surfboards started, or Star Surf Shop started. Dave Kennedy bought Oceans yep. and turned it into Star. And 
I was one of his main shapers for that era of boards. Did a lot of star surfboards. Yeah, right. Well, Billy Gibson uh, did give me a bit of a note here. What did he say? He said, Al Bean is an absolute board shaping slut, I believe was his quote. He <laughs> said, if someone is selling boards and they haven't sold an Al Bean, then they fucking not selling surfboards. That's what he reckons. <laughs> he reckons you've shaped for everyone. Well, I did. <laughs> I had to make an income, mate. You know, <laughs> Whoever wanted them could have them. You know? <laughs> That's it. But, um, no. nah, but once again, it worked out to the Friday... Friday night drive to Perth thing for me, you know? Yeah, yep. And I'd go and drop all the blanks off to where they had to get glassed. and. Yep, so you didn't do any glassing down here? No, no, I didn't shape do it. I glassed a couple for mates and that along the way. Yep, yep. Um, back in that time, there wasn't really many places that I could glass them down here and I only had a shaping bow. What, how were you getting them back to Perth? What, what sort In my of car? station wagon. Just a Kingswood station wagon? Yeah, HK. And, and how did you stop them from sort of getting uh, well, damaged on the way back? Well, there's a story for you. I, I, okay. I actually... It was okay in the in the car. I could pack them so that they... What, just with some sheep, bed sheets or something? Yeah, or what anything, anything. Anything. <laughs> anything. <laughs> grass you found well, on the back. But then I got onto the idea of a trailer. Okay. And uh, um, I rigged up a trailer with a couple of bits of timber across it that I could use as racks and stack them on the two bits of timber. A covered trailer? Yeah, covered trailer. Yep. But what I failed to realise was I had two bundles of surfboards yep. that were probably six inches apart when I left here. Yeah. But by the time I got to Perth, they were touching each other. Right. And I got, I shouldn't even say this, but I got to Blacksell's one night. and um, <laughs> You should definitely say this. <laughs> Just for the listeners out there, this may or may not have happened. It's called the Adzi Clause. <laughs> <laughs> this happened, mate. I, <laughs> okay. I got there in the evening to unload my boards up at Tommy's factory and there was about 10 or 12 boards in the back of the trailer <laughs> in two bundles side by side yeah. that had decided to sort of slip across and rub against each other all the way to Perth. Oh, know? really? <laughs> so the inside of every rail had been flattened off. You oh, know? right. So it took me the whole next day to sort of reprogram those boards and narrow them down a bit and reshape them. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. I thought you were about to say you just slipped them in and got them glassed. No, and no, them no. They were too much for that. They, no, yeah, they'd, yeah, right. I'd done a number on them. Uh, so you learnt your lesson with the trailer. And yeah, then some... I learnt, oh, okay, these can't rub together. They've got to have some packing. <laughs> that's what I was thinking because if you're just chucking them in the back of a king of wagon and no, you know, a six-hour no. trip, were they bouncing around? Or... No, it was when I went to two bundles and they rubbed together. Yeah. That was the problem. Because this day know? and age, they get those hell box, cardboard boxes. Boxes oh, and, you yeah. Know, just, bubble pack, mate. Yeah. Just bubble pack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, bubble yeah. pack's fine. But you weren't getting that back there. There was no yet. such thing that I knew of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we're coming back to Neanderthal yeah. years here. Uh, classic. So you were there. And, uh, and and then what, from there, you just sort of managed to stay down here from then on in and, and just bounce around in different yeah, locales? No, I, and... I actually did, uh, did that for another couple of years. And then uh, about 1981, I think, I moved back up there again. Yeah. And um, I took over the old church. Oh, Len yeah. had left and there was a guy named Steve Coney had taken it over. Right. He wanted to rent out the premises, the board part of it, the board making part of it. So I rented that off him. Yep. And I was making all the star surfboards in there. And uh, then Santosha started. Oh, Santosha. Santosha started. Iconic label. Once again, Cole was working for Mick Button then in Santosha. Yep. And... Um, they rang me up and said, hey, we need another shaper. Do you want to do it? And I went, yeah. As okay. long as I can still do my starboards out of there. Yeah. Because Dave, I didn't want to let him down. He was a very yeah. dear friend. Yep. And uh, so I moved my whole shamozzle up to there. Yep. And started working with Cole Adams again, making Santosha surfboards. Wow. And that went till about 19... 
83. Yep. And then I met my wife, who was, is now my wife. I was actually about to ask you, in all those years down there, it sounded pretty lonely. Was there any women kicking around? Oh, or? well, you know. you drag uh, a couple out of bus yeah, over here. We used to go down the pub occasionally, you know. <laughs> no. no, no, it wasn't that depraved. <laughs> um, Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad enough in 2000 when oh, I moved down here, mate. There wasn't any women. No, so. there was no girls down here then, mate. <laughs> it, was, it was a bit lonely. Yeah. But, hey, I was going to surf and I was happy. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Spending all your energy there. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, mate. Uh, classic. Oh, no. So then I met my wife in 1983, and she worked yep. in the Yelling Up shop of all places. On a weekend down here, I met her. Oh, really? Yeah. Was she from down here, was she? No, she was from Perth, but they were down here. Um, her mum and dad had a holiday house in Yelling Up. And, uh, Which shop? The Surfside shop? Or No, 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 no. Up in the top shop then. The, by now, the top shop. Had oh, opened, the top which, shop, yeah, yeah. At, at the... At the corner there for Drew, those that don't Drew, know. Drew it's Brent about, White reopened that. Oh, yeah. It's about two kilometres up from the beach. That's just correct. next to the pub there. That's it. Right yep. next to the pub. Okay. So she was working in there and I used to go in there and buy dog food and things for me dogs and yep. got to meet her. And There you go. Yeah. And then uh, we hooked up together and, and she came around in Perth and I met up with her there and oh, I basically met her in January and married her in November of the same year, <laughs> mate. So, you know. Good stuff. It's a fairly quick courtship. Yeah, that that's we... how it went back then, though, a bit, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, mate. We yeah. just celebrated 37 years of marriage this week. So... Yeah, well done, mate. So it's yeah. all worked out for the best, you I, know? I did have you booked in for a podcast that afternoon. That's I'm correct. Like, come around, you're like, yeah, yeah, no worries, mate. I come around. Oh, hold no, on a sec. Hold the phone. Uh, 37 years today. I better oh, not I better, come around. I better not bloody <laughs> push that one too hard. Yeah, no, fair enough. But no, that was all good. Oh. But um, yeah, so then when, when we got married... I said to her, I don't have any intentions of staying here as long as you're of the same mindset. In Perth, that is. In yep. Perth, that is. Yep. So we just came down here and threw out as many anchors as I could, you know. Yep. To stay, anything to stay. Yeah, right. And so, yeah, ended up buying 50 acres of land uh, back then when you could. Yep. Overlooking Inji Bay. Oh, right. Of all things. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. And um, built my surfboard factory up the back and went about business Doing just making surfboards. That's unreal. Never had any no electricity. Um, had a generator for electricity. Right, diesel. Uh, no, petty. petty. I borrowed it off John Malloy. Right, uh, who was gracious enough to loan me that. And uh, that's a guy. He's one of the guys who started Creatures of Leisure, isn't that's, he? He is the guy that started Creatures of Leisure, mate. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're up there just working off a of Jenny, living off a of Jenny. Yeah, we're living and working off a of Jenny. I had a uh, gas fridge and a, yep. a bit of Jenny power and uh, no phone. I used to use the phone box at Yelling Up Shop for a couple of years to run my business from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go down, load it up with 20 cent coins and do all the appropriate phone calls I had to make. Yeah, right. What, do you do that like once every couple of days or something? Every, oh, yeah, once a week or something. <laughs> once a yeah, week. Yeah. <laughs> as little as possible, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Communications weren't a big thing back then. Oh, no way. So no doubt you got pretty well acquainted with Injun Up Bay and the yeah, Great Yeah, Injun Bay and, the... and, oh, it was a daily trip to Bears most summer days. And yep, yep. No, we never didn't really start work until sort of one or two most afternoons. <laughs> Sounds all right. Yeah. Well, that's kind of been my whole life, really. <laughs> it's oh, sort yeah. of standard. Oh, well, it used good. to be. Yeah. Um, I think I'm paying for it now, having all those beautiful years, you oh, know. Whatever, man. Doesn't well, matter. Yeah, you never know. When you're going to get hit by a bus. I'll yeah, that's give, right. Give me mate. those years any day. Give me mate. those years any Oh, mate. You know, sometimes I get a bit grouchy and grumbly and Jack, my wife, she said, what are you 
what are you so grouchy about? Stop being grouchy. And I go, yeah. why? What? You know? She yeah. goes, look, she said, you have had those years. She yeah. said, you've had what none of these young guys are ever going to even fathom. No, that's right. Ne- they're never coming back. They ain't you know, that back. was the start of surfing. Yes. It was a, you know, this area was undiscovered at the time. That's correct. It's just never going to be like that again. And you were there. Yeah, just I've surfing been very, up very fortunate, mate. Blessed yeah. with my life in a lot of ways. Yeah, you know? for sure. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. Mate, um, I want to come back to the Santosha because yeah. we've got a, a cool little side note there. But just before we get back to that, uh, Dingbat told me to ask you a question about shooting crows at Injun Up. Oh my God! Did he? He did. Tell mm. me, tell me what that would lead to. That story. What happened okay, there? Okay. Well, I bought fifty acres of bush. Yeah. Overlooking the bay there. Right. I had no money. Yeah. And no idea what I was doing. Yeah. And I got a friend of mine, Michael Simpson, who's a great builder, great friend, lovely person. Yeah. I said, Michael, I got to build a shed. Can you help me? Yeah. I need somewhere to live. Right. And uh, so we went about and built this beautiful shed. Uh, granite, you know, stone foundation for a metre high. Yeah. Then Michael came and framed it all up with Jarrah and, yeah. you know, high-pitched ceiling with a loft in it. and All, all solid Jarrah beams oh, and rock walls. It, back out of the to proper... To this day, it's the best shed down here, I tell yeah, you. Yeah, mate. It's, it's an amazing building. It's the classic um, old down south style, isn't it? Rock and Jarrah. Exactly. Thing. And if a high-pitched you... roof with a loft, you yeah, know. sick. So we put that in the middle of this bush block. Yeah. And... Um, First time in my life I've bought new windows. Oh, yeah. You know, I've never bought you windows. You just salvaged before. them or, or whatever. No, no, I went and bought brand new Dow or whatever. Oh, but I'm saying you normally just salvage oh, them. Oh, normally. Whatever. Well, I'd never built anything. Yeah. <laughs> so all of a sudden I own these new windows. Right. And although, no, when, when the Santosha closed down in Perth, they had a front window yeah. that was reflective. Right. You know, a mirror tint on it or whatever. Oh, yeah. So we put that in my shed because Mick gave me that. Yes. Yeah, and uh, I took it and the front door. Anyway, just as a means of getting a building up. So anyway, but these windows were brand new. Fly screens, sliding windows, you know, pretty flash, mate, back then. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Fly and screen. anyway, the crows discovered them. Right. And the crows had come along and pick holes in the fly wire. Oh, because of the mirror? Were they trying to attack themselves? They'd or? attack the mirror of the big window, but they'd yep. also attack my brand new fly screen oh, ones. Mate, you know? can't have that. No, I couldn't have that. <laughs> I was just like devoed, you know. I'm going, no, not my new windows. Yeah. So, once again, I probably shouldn't be saying this. <laughs> this I went or- and borrowed a 22. <laughs> <laughs> this, this may or may not have happened. Yeah, it may or may. It's just a distant memory. Yeah, yeah. But I borrowed a 22 with a scope on it. Right. Before I went to bed that night, you know, I had the rifle in that corner, the the magazine over there where the bullets go in. Yeah. You know, the bolt was over there. I'd pulled it apart so it couldn't go off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I shit myself with guns. Yeah, yeah, because I'm, I'm tipping you probably weren't too experienced with guns. I at this was point not in time. too experienced with guns. <laughs> anyway, in preparation, I'd left the window cracked about an inch or so so I could get the barrel through the window, you know, in the morning. Yeah. So I knew where he'd be. They'd right. land in the so, same tree every morning. All right. So it was a, a particular murder of crows. It I was a particular they... murder of crows. They didn't <laughs> like me. They, they knew that I didn't like them. Well, you probably just not. I'd probably, yell at them. Yeah, and... you just moved into their turf, mate. They've been there. Well, forever. I guess. Yeah, but anyway. But they were moving on mine. Yeah, yeah. That's it how was, I was. It was a standoff. Yeah, it was like the bikies all over again. You had to stand your ground. I had to stand <laughs> my ground. So I wake up in the morning and I hear this. <laughs> and I go, all right, it's in the tree. I know where it is. Yeah. So I've got out of bed real stealth-like, you know, on my knees, <laughs> crawled across, got the magazine, loaded in the gun, got the bolt, put it in, gone up to the 
bench in the kitchen, you know, and I yeah. didn't let him see me. I've had a little peek over the bench. Yep, he's there in the tree. <laughs> so I've lifted the rifle and looked through the scope and I've got this bird right in the scope. Yeah. And I'm feeling pretty good about it all. I'm going, yep, all seems right to me. Bang. Yeah. I went, oh, no. And I've blown a hole in my... Aluminium frame window. Oh, so my new window has now got a bullet hole going right so through it. Hit the frame. Hit the frame. Because I was looking through the scope and I didn't have the barrel hanging out the window. <laughs> so, the, so the barrel was still inside the window. The barrel was still inside the house <laughs> oh, and the mate. scope had the crow in it. Oh, and I just. Ridiculous. Yeah, mate. Didn't know what I was doing. And what doing. happened? Did the window shatter? The crow just, just flew away. No, the window didn't shatter. Oh, that's good. But to this day, there's a bullet hole goes through the frame and still through there, the sliding window. still there. I would like to see see that it's window still there, mate. Well, on whose property is that now well it just sold recently i sold it to a chap named mark nelson but he's just moved it on again yeah right so um yeah as you go down the Inji road and you've got that last big farmhouse on the right yeah yeah the big one with the black um fences yeah yep. yep. well if you look in the bush next to that there's a house oh yeah up on the hill that was that place yeah right up way there. up there yeah, up right above Wide Up Valley. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was my crows. Uh, yeah. So but, so you stayed out there for a fair while? 22 years. Did you? Yeah. Wow, raised a family? You raised a family, yeah. A couple of boys? A couple of boys, yeah. yeah cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, and one of them's uh, helping you work in the... Yeah, in the young Kel, mate. Yeah, he, Kel, he's in there and... Um, he's running the cutting machine in there. And, Yeah, running the cutting machine in there. Yeah, yeah he's good. making it possible for me to shape. Yeah, that's good. Otherwise, there's no time. There's too many to cut these no, days. Mate, it's a family affair now. You've got Kel and your wife, Jackie, in there. Yes. I've been in there recently. Yep. Um, and the reason I've been in there recently actually ties into a story that I, I wanted to jump back to about okay. Santosha, yep. which will no doubt lead into a couple of other stories. Hey, that's why we're here, that's everybody. That's why we're here, mate. We're talking shit with Al Bean. We're <laughs> looking for stories. Plenty of shit. You're listening to Barreled Surf Podcast, and we're here to talk stories. Mate, you were shaping at Santosha. Yep. I got a very good mate of mine named Murph. Guy doesn't speak a lot. Uh, he's a surfer, and he's always banged on to me for fucking years about his beloved Santosha twin fin that he left in the car park at Smith's Beach, no doubt after smoking too many fat ones after his surf, and he drove home to Dunsborough, excuse me, and realised he'd left it in the car park. He's devastated. It's his favourite board. He races back down there. It's gone, obviously, never to be seen again. He's, he's shattered, mate. Ten years down the track, I'm surfing down the road in Gracetown. I'm surfing with me mate Murph, and uh, we drop in and see Billy Gibson, who's got an awesome shed quasi-surf museum, quasi-shaping bay. Mate, it's just all things surfing. Yes. You know, and his board's hanging up everywhere. And we're in there, and uh, he was having like a, I don't know, what, a garage sale, or he was doing something. So we dropped in. It was about three or four of me mates, you know, 11 o'clock. He's cooking snaggers. We crack a beer. And me mate Murph, he just doesn't say hardly anything at the best of times. He looks up at this twin fin on the wall and he goes, that's my twin fin. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? He goes, see that Santosha twin fin up there? He goes, that's my sink. That's my twin fin I lost. And I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, mate, I'm fucking 100% positive. You know, it's got a big swirly spray. It's not just like a white, standard board it's got the bloody triple flyer thing you know he's like mate i'm telling you that's my board i'm like no way this is awkward lucky i'm good mates with billy (laughs) and i I leave and i say hey billy you know that board up there blah 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 you got to trust me you don't know this guy murph but 
you know, he doesn't talk a lot. So when he does talk, you got to listen, you know. And he, I tell him the story. And Billy is just, as you know, such a lover of surfboards. Absolutely. If there's one thing he loves more than a surfboard, it's the story of a surfboard. Yes. And, mate, he's had it. You know, I worked out where he got it from with some other guy I knew in Dunsborough. And and it was on a temporary permanent loan or whatever you want to call it. And his son, Hamish Gibbo, had been surfing it and putting dings in it like he always does. And (laughs) lucky he didn't snap it. But um, anyway, they'd had it for years. So long story short, I said, Billy... I'm telling you, this guy lost his board. He goes, well, look, I didn't pay anything for it. Give me a cart and a piss to cover all the dings I've fixed on it. Your mate can have his board back, mate. So it's like this happy reunion. Um, it happened down at Single Fin Comp at Ingies. Swapped the board back, mate. Everyone was stoked. Billy's stoked that it's got this crazy story to this board. Murph's unbelievably stoked. He's got his long-lost bloody twin fin back. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's surfing it again all the time. It's Murph's 40th birthday in a, in a month or so and, and I'm looking at it and I thought that it was one of your boards that you shaped. That's right. So I'm like, mate, I'm going to go down and see Al who actually happens to live, ha- has his shaping bay 500 metres from my mate Murph's house in the Dunsborough Lakes there and I'm like, I told his missus, I said, let's do a secret. I'll take the board down. I told him a lie. I said, can I ride your board? You've banged on about it so much. Didn't ride it at all. Took it straight to you. Yep. and said, mate, Al, I've got a special job for you. Can you remake me one of these? And you're like, fuck off, Atsy. I don't want to fucking do that, brother. And I said, well, too bad. You don't have a choice. <laughs> no, <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't leave that option. No, I, was, I wasn't taking no, mate. And, uh, and I said, I told you the story, and you're like, righto, okay then. Yep. And then we scratch back the wax, and, he, and you say, no, it's actually not one of mine. It's a Mick Button. But he goes, mate, it was shaped out of the same bay. Yeah. It's the same era. You, you know, um, Mick doesn't shape anymore. Um, I do. He goes, it's the next best thing. Yeah. So we've recreated it on The Secret. Um, mate, he doesn't listen to podcasts. So okay, well, you're safe then. <laughs> yeah, he, he won't <laughs> listen to us. And, um, and yeah, in a couple of weeks' time, is uh, he's got a brand new one with uh, FCS plugs instead of the glassed-in fins so he That's can take it, it travelling and... We've recreated it all with the... Um, Pretty much recreated that board, haven't we? Yeah, man. You did a bang-up job of it. You said that it's really hard to recreate a board, but you were, reckon it was the best one you ever did. Um, I reckon it is. Yeah, and you take a, you've got a, a shaping machine, um, yes. a board shape An machine. Yes, cutting machine, yep. Yep, cutting machine. So you took all the measurements and you cut it out. Then we picked out one of your old retro logos and we've recreated the spray and, mate, it, it's sick. Um it's a pretty classic story of it's boards great story. coming home to roost and then yes. getting the upgrade, mate. He's going to be so pumped. I took it back to him covered in foam dust and he looked at it and I said, oh, sorry, mate, I was fixing a ding in my shed and I got a bunch of <laughs> dust on your board, you know. Like, I was wondering how you're going to get around that It was that all one. stuck in the wax, you know. Like, <laughs> And he's like, oh, no, it's all good, mate. Don't worry, I'll just And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no worries. Didn't even write it at all. But, um, yeah, so, uh, no. Did he ask you if you'd written it? He did. But I think I'd hurt my knee by then. Okay. So it was a perfect excuse to give it back and say I'd, I never got around to writing it. Mate, I, I didn't want to write it, to be honest. It was yeah. too short for me. I'm fatter than him. <laughs> and I just didn't think it was going to work. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so we've got away with that. That'll be a couple of weeks. So yeah, that's, that's coming through now. Yeah. But, mate, that brings us on to surfboards that have come home to roost, so yes. to speak. Um, I've got the lead on, on a good story here, once again from Dingbat. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> about a board um, that he found on the yes, east coast in Yamba. Tell us about that. Well, he came up one night with this old surfboard, an old thruster, real early days thruster with my sticker on it, 
Yep. And he, he's come across it in Yamber on the East Coast. This is Dave Ding Englert, who's Dave a, Ding Englert. a long, long-time team rider of yours. Yeah, I've long-time done Ding's friend. board since he was about 14 or 15 and years of age. Mate, he's one of the best surfers that the southwest of oh, WA he, has produced. He, Mr. North Point, mate. Yeah, he is. He was the man out there. He was the man out there. Probably still is occasionally. Yes. <laughs> well, he probably is. Don't and tell him that, though. No, no. He's, well, he's, he's got a couple of young ripping kids who are about oh, to yeah, take the throne. Oh, yeah, young Sid's just frothing, you know. Yeah. Going great guns. So what, so what happened there? He, he rocked up with an old board. He rocked said he up felt- with an old board and he said, you can borrow this if you want to hang on to it with your collection. And I said, no, I won't borrow it, mate. It's mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'll get it back off you one day, you know. And I yeah. said, yeah, well, okay, you can try that, you know. So apparently he was in Yamba on the East Coast, what, driving around Australia? Yeah, I think he was just on holidays with the family and yeah. came across it and had to buy it and, and it bring was si- it back. Yeah, it was, sitting in, um, it was sitting in some window. It was a surf shop. That's right. And... Uh, it was like a display board. It was in quite good nick, he said. Yeah, it's in and, good nick. And he asked the owner, where the hell did you get that? He goes, that's that's my shaper. That's my mate, Albine. He goes, well, funnily enough, I was on holidays so many years ago in Gracetown. And he goes, I was walking down out on the tip of Gracetown. No, he was asking Ding, do you know a place called Gracetown? And like, mate, Ding was born in Gracetown, which yeah. is this town of 200 people, maybe. Yes. 50 people back then. Yeah. And uh, he's like, mate, do I know Gracetown? I'm, I am Gracetown, yes. you know. And this, this owner of this shop in Yammer goes, well, mate, I, I was walking out at the rocks there behind the headland, blah, 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 and i just seen this board washed up in the rocks in no sure. man's land, not a North Point, around the back of it, you know? Yep. And he goes, I just found this board, and so I, I picked it up and put it in my car, and, you know, I surfed it and drove it back, you know, around Australia and, and hung it up here in my surf shop. And apparently it was for a guy called... Bear. Bear, Ross Fleming. Yeah, who was apparently an, an absolute ripper. Oh, Bear was a charger, mate. Yeah. Um, still is. So you were sh- shaping boards for yeah, him? Yeah, I used to make Ross's boards all the time, yeah, for for many years. He was part of the team rider entourage that we used to carry around. There you go. And, um, yeah, really, really great surfer, Ross Fleming. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so he's yeah, obviously having one of his old boards back is pretty special. Probably snapped it, at, snapped a leggy at North Point, no doubt. Yeah, yeah well, probably... I don't know how it came to be around the back of North Point. That's a mystery, isn't it? Yeah, who knows? Maybe it floated out to sea somewhere else and just lodged came, itself back it there. Could have done, yeah. So then it came all the way back and it was in good nick. It's in good, pretty good nick, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. It's in it great came nick. back and, uh, and now it's... And now set... it's in my loft. Yeah, cool. Yeah, where no one can see it. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know what? I think it's actually in the museum. In the um, Aravena. Is that right? Mm, I think I lent it to them. Oh, cool. So there's about four or five that I loaned them for that. Yeah, right. And I think that's one of them. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, so cool. it's getting looked at. Yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah. I'm keen to go down there and uh, and have a feed and check it out again. Yeah, it might be worth having a look for. So was there also another lost board that came back with uh, something to do with Ian Woolley McPherson from Mandra? Does that ring any bells? Ooh, no, not off the cuff of my head. No. There's oh, been damn. a few lo- lost ones come back. Any other cool lost board stories? Uh, no, not really lost boards as such. Well, one what of the what classic... about this single fin that you bought in? The oh, shed well, that's, in... that's gold. I mean... you bought. He's, Al's bought in this absolute crackerjack, like 610 single fin yes. that he's shaped. It's in about... Hey, Grierson's, back in my very first shaping stint at Grierson's. There you go. So it's got the Grierson logo. He's bought it around for me to have a look at. Um, we took a photo. We'll put it up on the Instagram page when yep. we release your episode on the yep. Barreled Surf Podcast Instagram page. Yep, 45 um, years ago, roughly, that one shaped. Wow. And how did, how did that one come back to you? A uh, friend of mine in Margaret River rang me up. Well, a friend of mine. I, I met him in the last year or so. Yep. Um, lovely fella. And he said, oh, he happened to tell me Well, when I met him. He said, I've got one of your old boards. He said, look, I've got to give it back to you. 
Yeah. I said, what, what do you mean you've got to give it back to me? He said, mate, it's rightfully yours. It's that old. He said. <laughs> Even though I, he sold it to someone for cash. Yeah, he said, I love it. I don't write it much. It just sits yeah. there. He said, better that you have it. And I thought, oh, well, that's a really nice thing to do, you know. And I yeah. never thought much more about it. And then he rang me last week and said, hey, today's the day. It's handover day. You're getting this board back. Yeah, I couldn't right. believe it. I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's awesome. And so I got a board back that I'd made about 45 years ago that's in really good condition. Yep. And I couldn't be happier. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, mate. It's the pride of the fleet. All right, mate. Well, let's go for a subject shift now. Yep. First time up north. First Tell time me about up that. north. That was in September 1978. Right. We'd been round to Wired Up Valley sometime earlier i think dave hattrick used to have a house here where they began making pipeline leg ropes dave hattrick and john malloy and a few of the crew back then all right we'd been around there for dinner one night and the boys had just come back from an up north trip and uh were telling us about red bluff and nalu station and how they found it well uh the guy i alluded to earlier dave playstead who i bought my first board from dapper Right. Uh, was working as a farmhand then on the station up there. Okay. And he was a surfer, obviously, and had no one to surf with. Yeah. And no one seemed to know about it. And Nobody didn't, knew he, about he it. He didn't even know there was waves there when he went there? Ah, uh, look, I don't know what he knew, but, boy, he landed himself in the best possible place a surfer <laughs> could land to be a farmhand. I'll give you the tip. Yeah. Um, he discovered turtles, I believe. First guy to maybe find that. Yep. The photos that we saw that night at Wired Up, of Red Bluff were all empty, surf, no, no one riding them. So Just we're talking September 77 down south. September 70, sorry, no, September 78. Yeah, 78, sorry. Yeah. 78, But it September. would have been, mate, September down south would have been cold, yeah, rainy, cold, wet, windy. And my mate. Onshore, and you're looking at photos of some oh, misto, warm, Well, sunny, it was probably fearless. a few months before that that we saw the photos, but come September, my mate Barry Young my best mate for many, many years and a lovely fellow, Baz. Yep. And he said, come on, Al, we've got to go find this place. We've got to go surf it. Yeah. I went, yep, I'm up for it. Okay. And so I took leave from the shop. Yep. I can't remember who I put in the shop. I think my uncle came and ran it for me while <laughs> I wasn't there. Which shop was that? They have a surf side. Oh, was I was it? still in the surf side <laughs> oh, yelling up. So when well, I got to go. So let me go. get this straight. You've got this dream job. <laughs> yeah. On the beach yes. at yelling up, yes. surfing empty waves to yourself. Correct. And hardly anyone around, and you're like, this is not good enough. No. I need to shut this shop and go and find this <laughs> misto find this empty one. wave in the desert. Because these waves in the photos. Mate, I salute you, Al. <laughs> <laughs> hell of a move. <laughs> Mate, it, it was just it, the, way, the photos just drew us, you know. Wow. So we had a mud map to get to the bluff. Yeah. Um, five cattle grids past the Salt Hall Road. Is that what the call was? <laughs> that, that was basically our coordinates to get there. Yeah. No, pub, no public phones out that way. No, no. <laughs> still isn't. <laughs> no, it still isn't, mate. Yeah. We all know where to go to get to the bluff now. Yeah. But uh, back then, no one knew. Wow. So we beat our way out this old road in the middle of the night. Yeah. And... Uh, would have would have been. I mean, what it's eighteen hours now. Oh, what would it have been back then? Yeah, yeah, forever. Yeah, a couple of days. Plus, we stopped and had a counter meal in Carnarvon and had a few beers and yeah. whatnot on the way through. Yeah, I think we lobbed about two a.m. Yep. At, at Red Bluff, I can't remember when we left. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, mate. And there was um, basically we pulled up at the. What bluff. sort of car were you in? We were in Baz's Range Rover. Oh, no. Yeah, we drive. were styling, mate. mate geez, yeah, we that were was, styling. That was pretty pimping back then. Oh, wasn't it? it was pimping, mate. It yeah. was. It was. 
very, very stylish. Yeah, no cool. one had Range Rovers back then except Baz, really. Yeah, right. What a lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we rocked up there and there was a couple of old feral wagons there. And there was, I think all up there was uh, yeah, maybe five or six people there, a couple of girls and a few guys. A couple of girls. A couple of girls Jeez. with their boys. Surfers. And surfers, yeah. The boys right. were surfing. Yeah. And uh, we woke up the first morning. I remember waking up sleeping in the back of the car from about 2 a.m. till sunrise and waking up and it was flat. Yeah. It was dead flat. No internet forecast back then. And no internet forecast back then. <laughs> anyway, these guys... Did you even look at the weather maps to see if it was cold fronts coming or you no, didn't even no, know? No, 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 know. no. We knew nothing about nothing. what it needed. Yeah. We didn't even know if we are going the right time of the year. I was about to say, you could have driven up there in January for yeah, all you knew. Yeah, exactly. You? For all we knew, we were just going there. Yeah. <laughs> we just wanted to go and check this out because the photos looked amazing. Yeah, right. Lucky you went in September. Lucky we went in September. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we, we, we wake up in this morning and I went for a walk out to the bluff and checked it out and came back to camp. And meanwhile, these other crew had got up and driven off. And we're going, oh, I wonder where they're going. They had boards on the roof. Yeah. And we went, let's follow their tracks. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty easy thing yeah. to do. You know? pretty, there was no hard, one else there. Pretty hard to be incognito when there's only <laughs> yeah. one other car. We'll we just were, slyly follow these guys. They we won't were, notice. <laughs> we were the third car in the camp, you yeah. know. <laughs> So anyway, we followed their tracks and they led to Turtles. Right. And you had to walk into Turtles back then as far as we knew, so we walked in. Yep. And over the dunes, as you do, yep. where they'd parked and we walked, and there they were. They were surfing this left and we were just gobsmacked. We were like, wow. Yep. So we paddled out and they were like, what's going on? How'd you find this place, you know? Yep. As it turned out, we told them we followed their tracks. And, <laughs> <laughs> and they all became, to this day, very good friends. Oh, you know, we, we, It's been a, a long relationship of good friendship there. Oh, that's awesome. A guy named Dave Wern right. was one of the main guys then. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we, we surfed and it got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. And in the end, it was just a mess. It was yeah. just closing out yep. and it was outrageous, you know. Right. So we came in thinking, oh, maybe the bluff will have waves now. So we drove back to the bluff. Yeah. And I can remember, I'll never forget the sight of coming into view and just seeing lines of white water rolling down the side of the bluff. Down that point, because you you've got to enter the bluff still the same way, I'm assuming. Still the same way. You know, probably what, like four or five k's to the That's north correct. Yep. of the headland. So you get a, a view of it from a long way away. And you can and tell this action. Yeah, you'd just be like, wow, what's that rolling down that cliff yeah, exactly. there? Exactly. Yeah. And we literally ran out there, you know. Yeah. And... Uh, and how did you go? There was I was first no, out. I remember no one being out. first out. No, no one out. No, shit, no. I just went, I'm out there and... And, and mate, so you scaled down the pointy, sharp limestone yeah, yeah, cliff. Yeah, yeah, got sea urchins in my feet, did all sorts. <laughs> just whatever it took it to get in. Jumped off and yeah, went, mate. went for and it. it was no leggy. And you know, it pumped for the rest of the week. It just it? pumped. How'd that first surf go? Ah, really good. It wasn't yeah. that big by then. It was probably four foot. Yep. And but still, really a good taste of the bluff. Yeah, it grew during the week up to ridiculous heights where one day we didn't surf. Right, uh, it was a bit, you know. Oh, is that a shark? You know, no one wanted to go out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't go out. Did one you have day. leggies? It was huge. Yeah, we had leggies by yeah, then. Pretty thick ones, but yeah, but we had leggies. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So on that first trip, did you yes. get a photo? Yes, I did get a photo. Yeah, because I saw Dave Wern took a photo of me. Wow. Yeah, that's, yeah. That was, mate, pretty hard to get the a photo. The one I showed you in the shop. Yeah, so, so that was like one of your advertising posters sort of ads. Well, I ended up using it for an ad in a tracks magazine a while back, yeah, a long awesome. time back. So that was your first trip up there. Yep. Uh, you just in like a beautiful six-foot backlit barrel yep. at the bluff. Yep. Wow. On a single fin. 
Yeah, that you shaped yourself. Yeah, six eight single fin. Wow, swallowtail. Don't have that board still, do you? No, no, no. No, I, I wish I did. Yeah. Well, so that's, I mean, that's how a good shaper advertised in those days was like, yes, mate, self-advertising. Here I am yep. getting barreled and up there. Was there, and, and was there much, um, was there much talk about it? Like, wow. No, you know, no, like, no. I didn't use that photo until years later for an ad. Oh, didn't you? I couldn't afford to do ads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't make a great deal of money making surfboards, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that was one thing that's held true all these years. Yeah, right. Everything's <laughs> changed except that bit. Uh, <laughs> Ads were expensive things. Yeah. And, um, mates, I think Ant-Man told me to ask you about the first time Jim Banks, the um, absolute hero goofy footer from the east coast of Australia Mm. um, and a prominent shaper himself and one of the best competitive surfers in Australia. Um, Apparently, the first time he went to the bluff, you took him there. Yeah, that's correct. Tell me a story about that. Well, I I met Jimmy when I had the shop at Yelling Up. Yep. Uh, once again, getting back to those days, and the Australian titles were on over here, and he came and ended up staying with us, and I met him then, and we've become great friends. I've known Jimmy many years now. Right. And, um, yeah, back in – that was in 1983, and I'd been telling him about it, and I'd go, mate, you've got to come and surf these waves. These waves are made for you. you know? Up north, you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, I'm talking about these lefts, yeah. 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 And so uh, he made the journey over, and we eventually loaded up the truck, I had an old Hilux back then or a new Hilux back then. It was pretty flash, actually. Yeah, and wow. <laughs> uh, hired a caravan for a week and got all ready and he rolled into town and off we went and went went up to the bluff for a couple of weeks' holiday. Yeah, right. And um, that was a bit scary because um, the, f- the very first morning, uh, what happened was we got there. Jimmy, Jimmy's a character, you know. Right. Jimmy... Jimmy thinks how jimmy thinks and yeah he's got his reasons and rhymes for what he does and yeah it was northwest right the was, wind the wind yeah and it was northwest and Which I'm is going, onshore. Oh, this is disgusting mate this is couldn't be any worse you know it was just yeah. a horrible dribbly onshore yeah and not much swell and he's going well okay if it's onshore here then it's got to be offshore up there and that's where that turtles place is you were telling me about let's go there and i'm going no mate it'll be terrible you know yeah Okay, we'll go for a drive and I'll reacquaint you, or I'll acquaint you with the area anyway. Yep. We ended, long story short, we went and surfed two foot onshore turtles, which was just <laughs> horrible. Yeah. But we'd driven all night. Yeah. But then the next morning we woke up and the bluff was breaking. Yeah. So um, Jimmy's frothing, he's out there straight what away. What are we talking roughly? We're talking 83. Yep. Okay. 1983. Yep. About May or June, I think, from memory. Yep, yep. So he'd worked out by then that it was a winter thing, and oh yeah, yeah, we yeah. knew then when you go. Yeah, you've uh, been there a fair few times. Yeah, I've then. been going back ever since 1978. Yeah, so yeah. I was pretty... once a year back yeah, then. Yeah, always back there. Yeah, yeah. We kept it quiet for the first few years, but yeah. then what were you going up for like out. a month at a time? No, or? no, never that long because yeah. I had commitments here with work and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Always a week or two. What's so he just drive up and wing it and hope for swell? Drive up and hope for swell, mate. That's all yep. you could do. There was yep, no yep. forecasting, like I said. Yeah, but you knew but it needed cold fronts. We knew it. Yeah, we just knew it needed whatever it needed. It needed that time of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the first morning, Jimmy rushed out there at daybreak and I'm still waxing up a new board. Yeah. And uh, Did he have his own I'd, shakes? I'd already walked him out there the day before, showed him the keyholes, showed him how to, where you paddle out. Oh, yeah. Roughly the lowdown of it. Yeah. And then... So I've watched him, he's walked out there and I'm getting this board together and by the time I've started walking out there, Jimmy's paddled out, I'm seeing him paddling out. So I start walking out and I'm going, I can't see him. Right. 
There's no one else in the water. Yeah. I saw him paddle off the rocks. Shit. Now I can't see him. How big is it? Not very big, maybe four or five foot. Okay. It was big enough, you yeah, know. Yeah, big enough. Just nice bluff. Yeah, yeah. But still, a five footer out there on takeoff. Yeah, still and I'm going, I can't see the guy. Yeah. And I can see the whole lineup. Right. And I'm going, what's going on? This is, and I actually started jogging to get out there. I'm going, he might be in difficulty here. Yeah, yeah. Shark so, or fucking... No, you know. Yeah, we knew about sharks there. We knew there were sharks. Had you seen sharks there at that stage? I hadn't really seen them, but the stories were that they were there. They were thick. You know? Yeah, there's yeah, plenty of them. <laughs> And I, I, I literally, I was freaking out a bit. I'm going, I can't believe this. I, where is he? You know? Yeah. And by the time I got out to where we put our gear and paddle out, I've, I've gone a little bit further and I look around the corner and there's Jimmy sitting probably 200 metres further in than where we take off. Further out. Further out and further in, in on oh, the point. Closer to the point. Closer to the point. Which is just no man's And he's land. surfing a whole section that I've never seen surfed. Ever since? No, I don't see anybody doing it these days. <laughs> Jimmy's taken off and getting barreled before you take off at the bluff. No way. Yes, seriously. And what kicking out and at the takeoff? Yes, of pretty the much. Bluff, he, he had that that particular swell allowed that to happen. Right. And the, I just couldn't believe it. I was just going, no, that's just that's not even the wave. It's next level. It's it was so much deeper than what anyone really because it's a pretty defined takeoff. It is, yeah. You know, but on a different swell direction, maybe it's not. And you mate, know? it is not. But use once again, Bank, Banksy was the first guy I saw do that. Yeah. It's powerful, it's shallow, it's full of sharp reef and urchins. Urchins, and yeah. Not a place to be trifled with, especially mm. in those days. No, it's a scary place. So he's just paddled out by himself and thought, oh, that's yep. obviously the wave over there. And yep. You're all guys like... He's just gone the typical the Jim Banks, get as far in as I can here. No way. There's a wave in there, I'll go surf that. Just got chewed. <laughs> Boy, he surfed the place fantastically oh, too. That's awesome. Yeah, and he lit it up, mate. Mate, what about uh, Nalu up the road? Um, well, that you... was the first year when I went with Jimmy. We took a drive to Nalu because I hadn't I've, – I've been and seen it before and not surfed it. Yep. And uh, we took a drive up there this one day not knowing much about it and it was probably eight foot. Yeah, right. And it was – looked eight foot. Yeah. It was frightening. Yeah. And um, even Jimmy was umming and ahhing about it. And, right. Uh, so you I, hadn't surfed it yet? No, we hadn't surfed Nalu at that stage. Okay. Had anybody or you don't know? Oh, I'm sure guys had, yeah, because the guys who told us first about the bluff had surfed it. Okay. But maybe when it was smaller? M- must have been, yep. I think. Because yep, yep. this day we looked at it, we didn't even surf it. You know, it was pretty out of control size-wise and yep. how heavy it looked. Yeah, but, and, you know, we got a sniff of it and a bit of a look. And so you went and had a look at it with Jim Banks. With Jim. He's just an absolute guru yep. of goofy footers. Yep. And even he said, no thanks. No, we didn't surf it that day. We went back and on a previous day, uh, uh, sorry, subsequent days and surfed it. Yep. Oh, you, so you did? We did later. So yeah. you surfed it that trip? But, but we surfed it that trip. And that was the first time for you? That was the first time for me. Yeah. And we surfed, we, we paddled right up the reef one day. It wasn't typical normal Nalu. Yeah. Uh, we were paddling up around Midgey's area looking for waves. It's oh, one right. smaller day. Okay. But, um, yeah, no, no, Jimmy took it on in the end, mate, and just surfed it so well. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got some good memories of, of up north then over there? Oh, the I've got beautiful memories. My every- kids have grown up there. That's yep. If you look in our family holiday albums, they're all just Nalu, you know. Yeah, right. All yep. the kids and all our family holidays. We kind of went nowhere else. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, mate, it's funny uh, that Billy Gibson sort of said the same thing. Yeah. And I asked him, oh, have you travelled Indo, March and that? And he said, nah, I never did. And I said, why not? And he goes, I didn't need to. Head yeah. up north. That was that was my spot. Yeah. So. Um, Pretty hard to pass up, mate. You and, know. and so was that, did that sort of ring true for you? Did you ever do much Indo travel or? Yeah, I did Indo travel. Um, mainly Bali. Yep. Um, really, you know, like. 
I think 75 was the first time I went to Bali. Yep. And wow, that's uh, early. That was early days. Yeah. Everything was shut by 10 o'clock and yep. uh, there was all cow paddocks between Cooter and Legian. You know, there wasn't any buildings and carry on. It was all farms and yep. the beach was just coconut trees all the way along, you know, thick. No buildings from the from when you're surfing the beaches. So, what waves were you surfing back then? Ulus and Sanur and the it. beaches. Yeah, sweet. And it was I went in a funny time of the year. I went in January. Oh yeah. Um, and I'd heard of Sanur. Yep. And uh, that's that was on my radar to go surf because that was the time of the year to do it. Yep. And I got to surf it that year with oh, my first awesome. trip. Well, that's good. That's good going in January because oh, it's not it's, easy to score it in January. No, no, no. It, and and Ulu's was very average, even light onshore. Yeah. But Sanur was unbelievable. So did you go back to Indo a lot? Or, yeah, a yeah, lot. Sometimes twice a year. Oh, yeah. And just Bali mostly? But just Bali. And that was sort of through the 80s, was it? Uh, yeah, late 70s, early 80s. Yep, yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, right through until, yeah, the 90s even. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you didn't branch out into no, I never went adventuring. And no, these things. No, wish was, I had of, but didn't didn't get there. Too time consuming back then, wasn't it? Yeah, just a couple of week holiday. Just go to Bali. It was good enough for me. Awesome. Know? So, any sort of crazy surf adventure stories there? Shit going um, wrong or not any? really? Just some great days, particularly Sanur. Once I've had a taste of Sanur, I look for it every time I'm there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I happen to have a mate who lives at Sanur over the last 20 or 30 years and yep. uh, he's always told me, you know, go there, get a tide chart, circle the lows that are coming high, yep. you know, and as that tide's coming in, Sanua starts to break and yeah, and away you go, you know. So I'd yep. do that. I'd buy, get what well, you get a tide chart when you got there and circle all the lows and then there are your times you want to be waiting. Yeah. Yep. You know, go out there at 4 a.m. and sit there and wait for the tide to come in until you could surf yep. it. It'll go from two feet to eight feet some mornings. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, a crazy channel be there, there, isn't it? Got to be there for it. That's all. For yeah. That incoming. So no, um, not too many crazy adventures. Just being in Bali, a bit more stable than maybe trying to trek through some outer islands and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like no, Bali was all pretty Bali like. I mean, back then it wasn't as bad as it is now, crowd wise, you know. No, but it was still. But, it was just a fun place to go. It's pretty easy. It was easy. It was yeah, fun. Didn't yeah. have any hassles. Boards getting stolen. No, getting there was no drama. Or, no malaria no, or anything no, like that? No, no, no. I had no real problems there oh, ever, you know. a pretty good run. Yeah, no, I've been really lucky and I've probably had 30 trips there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, oh, maybe 20 trips there, but... Yeah. Mate, um, so let's now move on to um, one of your greatest team riders and no doubt one of your good friends by the name of Paul Antman Patterson. Absolutely. You've been shaping his boards for a very long time. Yeah. Um, especially during his competitive days. You were, yes. He, we were his man. Um, I did give him a quick buzz, doing a bit of research on you, mate. Okay, did you? Yeah, I did. Uh, mate, Ant-Man is well overdue to come in and tell any one of his many stories. Oh, my God, he'd have a few. He does. But, um, mate, he said, why don't you ask Al Bean about the time I won Sunset or was in the Sunset final? Mm. Does that ring a bell? The World Cup, yeah. Yeah, t tell me about that. Well, as I told you before, I bought 50 acres of land at Engine Up. I built a little surfboard factory up the back. It was a bush block. And so I used to make my boards up there. Yep. And I had no phone took for a couple of years and all the rest of it. Well, anyway, we eventually got a phone. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I get a phone call one Friday morning from Ant. 
He said, Beanie, I'm in Hawaii. Oh. And, um... Sorry, we're just cracking another beer here. Don't mind us. That's me, sorry. Yeah, no, that's all right. He said, I'm in Hawaii. Um, I need... Hang on, all. There you go. <laughs> I need a new board. I need a board for sunset. Yeah. Um, I said, okay, yep. What do you need? He said, I want a 7 2. I said, okay. I said, well, you're in Hawaii and I'm in yelling up. What are we, how are we going to make this happen? He said, Jake's coming over, his brother. What year was this? Uh, I think it was 94 or 96. I get a bit confused on that. Yeah, I think it was around, 94. Around then. Yeah. Mid 90s. He said, Jake's, it's Friday morning. He said, Jake's coming on Sunday. Right. I said, okay. His brother Jake. Brother Jake's coming over Sunday. He said, if you could give it to him, he could bring it over. Well, and said, obviously, the, the comp's already started at sunset. And he's made it he's, through to the he's final got, or something. Got, yeah, he, the comp had started. I don't know that it had started or it was... But he snapped all his boards he'd, or something. He'd broken everything. He said, I need a 7-2 really bad. And I said, okay. Yeah. So I went up the shed and I shaped this 7-2. I yeah. had a blank there. And, and you took this call, what, down at the yelling up phone box? No, no, I had oh, a no, phone. I you had your own phone. Sorry, I had a phone me, by then. Yeah, you told me that, sorry. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's Friday morning. I've gone and shaped this board. And back then, we didn't have solar airs or any particular way of making boards come quick, you know? Yeah, there's more catalysts. There. <laughs> there's more catalysts. <laughs> so I shaped this board on Friday morning and glassed the bottom of it on Friday. Right. Saturday morning, I went up to the shed. I glassed the deck. I had one set of fins in the factory. Just one. Just one set, and they were really thin and flexy. And I went, sorry, man, this is all I've got. I'm going to put them on your board. <laughs> so I put them on his board. Right. I filler-coated that board, and it was just tacked off, and it was time to take it to Jake because he needed it by Saturday night to leave on Sunday. Wow. So I put it into a board cover all sticky. <laughs> and uh, I rang Ant and I go, I took it around to Jake, gave it to him, and I rang Ant and I said, Mate, your board's coming with your brother tomorrow. Yeah. You better get a sander prepared, you know, to, to just clean one it. board. Just one board, a 7 yeah. 2. Yep, yep. With, with thin fins. Thin fins and not even sanded. Not sanded. Yeah. I said, You better organise a sander because it needs finishing. Right. He said, Yeah, yeah, I've got that under control. No problem, no problem. So the board arrived in Hawaii on Monday and he won the World Cup at sunset on it on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a pretty cool little thing Well apparently he told me That he had one surf on it Before yep. the final And it cracked him in the head Or something Oh really? That's what he said Okay He busted his head And then He went out and got a 10 point ride And won the final Won the final On that board Yep Wow That's yep. a pretty good effort Was born on Friday And won a World Cup on Wednesday That's unreal It was pretty cool All though. the way from a bush blocking engine up Yep, this express post to, to Sunset Beach. To Sunset Beach, that's awesome, man. Yeah, mate, it Unreal. was pretty cool. I, lo I like that. It's pretty that. special. Yeah, that's a classic memory. Yeah, it and is a great memory. So, mate, um, uh, staying on the Ant Man train, um, any more great? I mean, Ant Man was had some pretty successful moments. And oh yeah, he was a big um, representative of the, the Albine label. Anything else that pops to mind? Well, uh, when I first started doing Ant Sports. Back around that same time, maybe a year or so before, they had the inaugural NIAS comp. Oh, yeah. Uh, the first pro comp they had there. And uh, I'd only just done Ant his first couple of boards. Right. And he went over there and won it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it was like six to eight foot NIAS. Yeah, just right up his alley. Right up his alley. Oh, mate. This so, would've, he would have eaten that up, wouldn't mate, he? Mate, if you're ever going to make boards for someone you love making boards for, it's got to be that guy. Yeah, right. 
Yeah. And he's a character, mate. He's just an absolute charger. He's a oh, character yeah. to boot. He's a good all-round bloke, yeah. isn't he? Very so. understated, lovely person, mate. Yeah. I think he's got a lot of respect worldwide, that boy. Yeah. You know, Hawaii, any other country you want to name that knows him, they, they love him. Yeah, right. Yeah. Especially here, we love him. Oh, we definitely love him. We love him. Mate, I had a poster of him on my wall growing yeah. up in, in Kareen in Perth, and I was like, yeah. Looking at him like he was a hero, mate. Yeah, Taking he is a job. hero. Yeah, well, he, he is. He was my hero. Now yeah. he's my mate. Yeah. And I drink piss with him at the single thing. You comps. can't get better, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's no, they don't make them much better than that. No, it's awesome, man. And uh, so any any other uh, Ant-Man stories that spring to mind? Uh, well, the, the Eddie. Did he oh, the Eddie. your board? Yeah, your no, board I made him a board for the Eddie when he got invited there one year. And I was all excited. second one year. Yeah, not on one of my boards that year. I made him a board for the Eddie. And... Uh, he went in, and apparently before the Eddie, they all go out and form a big circle and yep, yep. sit there and do the right thing. Yep, yep. Tug each other off. Well, a set came. <laughs> oh, really? And clean them up. <laughs> no way. Yeah, like some <laughs> massive set comes through the lineup at Waimea. What? And some, it cleans them like it was a pretty calm ordeal until this set came. Just some freak wave. Some freak wave. King just waves kill Albine. And it snapped the boards. And, no way. Yeah, it snapped, snapped the board. I made him. Oh, I did it. <laughs> yeah, he never got to write it in the <laughs> oh, end. Oh, no way. So that was a bit sad, but you get that. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so I made him a board for the circle. <laughs> made him a board for the circle. Yeah. That's unreal. Oh, no, nah, but then, oh, mate, he's such a character. You know, one year I went to Nalu and. It's about six to eight feet, and it's my first morning there. And my son asked me, "Can I take my mate up? Can my mate come?" Yeah, they're in primary school or early high school days, you know. Yeah, I said, "Yeah, he can come up. You know, is he okay? Can he surf or what does he do? You know?" He said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good surfer, I think. You know." I'm going, oh, "Well, whatever. You know, it's pretty big waves. You know." Yeah. So we're sitting there in the morning, and I pulled up at the car park, and I'm looking. I'm going, "Oh God, it's proper Nalu, you know." It's a bit serious. Yeah. It's a, a, for those um, that don't know, I'm an it's a very heavy wave. <laughs> not a, to be driven. It's scary, man. It scares yeah. the shit out of me. When you're sitting there looking at it and you've got to contemplate paddling out and getting out to it, it's yeah. hard enough, isn't yeah. it? And then, know? yeah, two hours from a hospital down a dirt track and heavy waves, sharp reef, urchins, ledgy, stepping Boils. barrels. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's beautiful but ugly as sin. Yeah, it's scary time. as fuck, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Especially <laughs> to natural footers. Anyway. I'm sitting in the car park and this grommet that we've taken up there, he's, oh, he's frothing. Yeah. He's going, we're going out, we're going out. And I go, mate, it's bigger than you think out there, you know. It's a like, long way out. Yeah, yeah. I promised your mum I'd look after you. So <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Anyway, we were umming an R and I'm having a look at it. I'm going, oh, God, it is proper, you know. And then next thing you know, Ant, he's driven, he's done the all-nighter by himself. Yeah. You know, 15, 16-hour drive. Yeah. He's pulled into the car park. I've seen him pull in. He's pulled up right next to us. He's going, Beanie, look at it, look at it. Beanie, we're going, we're going. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Just revving. I'm going, mate, I've got this grommet here. I don't know if he can surf. I don't know whether I'll let him go out or not. He said, oh, he'll be right, he'll be right, he'll be right. <laughs> so the three of us paddle out. He goes, I'll show you. We'll paddle out my way, you know, and he's got a little spot that he paddles out when it's a bit bigger. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've followed him through that spot. You know the spot. Yeah. Anyway, so we've done that. Well, you know, these are young fellas compared to me, so I'm paddling with them and then I'm 10 metres behind them and then I'm 15 metres <laughs> behind them. And by the time we get out to where it's just ugly and scary, you know, yeah. I'm probably 20 metres behind them. Oh, no. And what happens is a set comes. Oh. And, you know, I'm just going, oh, no. And it was this eight-foot set just comes pouring through and I've just watched those two guys just scrape over the first one. Yeah. And it's basically landed on my head or just in front of my head, you know. <laughs> I've done the 
I've got flogged. I've got my ass kicked and I've pushed all the way down past Toomey's. Yeah. You know, halfway yeah. down to the bommy before I broke through yeah, to yeah. paddle out. Meanwhile, both both those guys, both and and this guy, have both had a couple of waves each. Yeah, this little grommet. That little you're... grommet turns out yeah. to be Jake Fawcett, who's you know world junior surf team in the in the <laughs> next year. You know what I mean? You're worried about the this guys, little grommet, and you're just guys getting your ass handed to you, tearing the place apart. <laughs> and I'm worried whether I should let him go out there. You know. <laughs> so that was another Ant Man mystery story. Uh, like, what are you? You know? Yeah, classic. Full of confidence and bravado, and he just pulls it off every time, mate. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's easy to be confident, I guess, when you've got such a high skill level, isn't oh, it? Oh, mate, he's an amazing person and yeah. surfer. So I guess uh, was he, he? He probably your favourite team rider i guess it's a bit hard oh he, look i love team. them all boy i've yeah. been so lucky to shape boards for some of the guys i mean yeah. mike mcauliffe yeah you know probably the best coach in the world today yeah for, right for surfing yep one of the best surfers i've ever seen especially at nalu yeah, in those I, I had the pleasure of filming him in the early 2000s you out know there. what i'm talking about then yeah yeah uh, i made mike's boards for many years oh yeah and ding yeah, Damon Easto, yeah, right. Mitch Thorson. Oh shit, it's hard to hard hard to split the difference between all those. Well, guys, you isn't know, it? you say what's your favourite. Well, yeah. I've loved them all. You know, yeah, they've just we've all had such great relationships, and yep. as a shaper, I've been really fortunate to have my boards tested by those guys. Yeah, they're the ones going to tell you whether it's good, bad, or otherwise. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. So I rate their input highly. Yeah. And um, and you can pass it on to the and, average uh, punter like myself. Well, yeah, well, I think you're a bit better than the average punter, Razzy. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I don't know about that, mate. No, mate, you're a legendary single fin <laughs> master, mate. Flapper, flapping in the no, wind. No, I've seen you surf, mate. <laughs> but anyway, mate, but I've been really lucky in that regard, yeah. you know. And Ant, yeah, you know, he's been so successful and. Just yeah. such, just they're all great guys, mate. Yeah, they're all great guys. Yeah. You know, I've been oh, really awesome. lucky couple good stories there mate um i can't remember was this uh ding or ant-man i think i even did contact stomper it was pretty hard to get in contact but someone told me to ask you about gambling at the margie's pro what does that oh, mean? that'd be ding <laughs> what happened there well they bloody dockers supporters ant-man and ding are dockers supporters all right for anyone who doesn't know dockers is the Fremantle dockers in the afl football competition that uh we have in australia and on the west coast of australia we have two teams the West Coast Eagles, who were the first team, around for about 10 years before the Fremantle Dockers became the second team. And, mate, it's it's a blood feud to this day. Yeah. Eagles hate the Dockers. Dockers hate well, the Well, I'm an Eagles man, mate. So am I. Fuck those Dockers Proudly. pricks. They've never won a premiership. Ah, fuck the Dockers. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, boys. Yeah. But anyway, at the Margies Pro one year, they had a, uh, a gambling thing set up. You know, legal, what do you, what, what, uh, you could punt on it. Yeah, and they had a little booth there that you could punt on. Oh, a legal booth uh, on the beach. On the beach really? at the contest. Yeah, well, at you the were talking here, roughly. Oh, God knows, mate. Um, was a fair while back. When the when did the dockers start? It was probably about oh, yeah. a year yep. or two after that. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. So, and I can't remember the names, but there was four finalists, and three of them were natural footers, and there was one goofy footer, and it was four foot Margarets with predominantly good lefts. Right. So we backed the goofy. Yeah. And, oh God, I wish I could remember his name. It's a bit embarrassing, but I don't for the minute. Yeah, okay. Um, anyway, we backed the Goofy, and we won 100 bucks, 120 bucks or something. Yeah. Three of us went three ways with a bet, you know? Yeah. And we backed the Goofy, and in he came. So we got 120 bucks in this account. And yeah. it sat there for a year or a bit more, you know? Right. And, and the boys are going, what are we going to do with it? What are we going to bet with it? We've got to do something with it. And I, I had to make the bet because I was the oldest, okay? They, they were... Underage then for betting. 
Oh, okay. I still took their money and made the bet. <laughs> yeah. So I had 120 bucks yeah, or whatever account. in an account. Yeah. And they said, uh, I said to the boys one day, you know, look, we've got to do something. We've got to do something with this money. We can't just let it sit there. They, Let's put it on the dockers for the flag. Oh, that was Ding and Ant. Oh they both God. agreed. And I'm going, oh, get out. You're just going to, you might as well rip it up and put it in the bin, exactly. mate. Oh, come on. They might win the flag. Oh, you know, I'm going, no, God. mate. <laughs> anyway, so I had to actually ring up and make this bet. No. They I ring up you into it. and I go, I'm going to put all this money on the dockers for the flag. And the guy taking the bet even said to me, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I said, no, mate, it doesn't make sense, but that's my instructions. That's no, what I'm doing. No way. Yeah, yeah, no. Of course, we yeah. kiss that goodbye very quickly. Obviously, they still haven't won a premiership They still ain't got there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going back a lot of years for that bet. Classic. Yeah, mate. Oh, that's fun and games. Mate, um, how are you travelling there? You need a little slash break or anything like that? Yeah, or? probably about time, isn't it? Okay, we'll have a quick one and then um, we'll come back and we'll probably have another 10 or 15 minutes and round it out. Good on you, mate. All right. Happy Thanks, Azzy. Okay, so we're back. You're listening to Barrel Surf Podcast. We just had to have a small hiatus to uh, drain the lizard and crack a new tin and Al had to roll himself a smoke and, uh, yeah, we just had a bit of a chin wag and stretched our neck and our back and now we're just coming in just to just to finish it out. Uh, Al, you feeling all right over there, mate? Yeah, mate, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good too. Okay, mate, so I've just got a few sort of small questions to finish out the um, the interview here. What's one of your favourite things about being a shaper? Um, there's many facets that I love about shaping, but probably making someone happy, mate. Um, when you make someone a board and they come back and they go to the trouble to come back and tell you how much they love it, yeah, uh, it's pretty special. It feels like, to me, that you couldn't have done anything better for them. Yeah. And... Um, they could have got the barrel of their life on yeah, it or something like betcha, that. Yeah, you betcha, you know. Yeah. It might be a couple of months and I haven't heard and, and I, I do. I think about every single one of them, you know, through the time. I wonder if that guy liked his board and I hope it's okay because we talked about – because you do. You get in depth with guys, you know, where are you going to surf and what do you want to do with it and, yeah. you know, what do you want it to do for you and it all – you try and put that into foam and um, – when someone comes back with that feedback that, hey, this is the best board I've had Sick, yeah. or, or something similar, yeah. you, it's stoked. You, it's got to feel good. And my wife reminds me constantly. She goes, you should be so happy doing this job. And I go, why should I be so happy doing this job? <laughs> she goes, because your customers are all stoked. Yeah. She goes, I have been here a lot of years and I've not seen any angry people. Yeah. No she, one's come in kicking down the door at this no, poor shit. No. Want the money back. <laughs> no. Touch wood, that hasn't happened. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that, that's probably the ultimate goal is when you make someone happy. Yeah. And, and, and I'm really glad to be able to do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. No, that's good. And, okay, so one, on the flip side, yeah. what's the worst thing about being a shaper? Oh, man. There's plenty of horrible things. It's, <laughs> it's dusty. Yeah. It's noisy. Yeah. Uh, there's all of that. Um, you're supposed to wear a mask, which I struggle with because it fogs up my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't worn a mask for 45 years. Oh, well, you're, all right. you're doing all right there. Oh, yeah. No, my ciggies are my mask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make sure. For all the kids out there who are looking <laughs> yeah, at getting I'm into sorry, shaping. Yeah, sorry, 
you know, if you're uncomfortable wearing a mask, just make sure you're sucking on a rolly cigarette for your uh, number one PPE safety device. Oh, isn't that terrible? <laughs> Please don't do that. Uh, well, you know, that's uh, anyway. No, but yeah, it's a bit uncomfortable with the dust, but you know, you kind of learn to live with that. It yep. doesn't bother me. Ant-Man comes into the factory, his coffin and spluttering within five minutes. Yeah, right. Just standing in the front office, he's yep. coughing and spluttering. And you're like, geez, are this guy's lungs that clean? Yes, that exactly. They're that sensitive and I'm just breathing away Big here, mistake. Mate. It doesn't even bother me, mate. <laughs> it's like plumber's glue with me. Everyone's like, geez, that's strong. Are you getting high? I'm like, what? what? I can't even smell anything. What do anything. you mean? <laughs> yeah, it's a worry. Oh, no. So, mate, in all your years of shaping, is, is there any favourite board that just, for oh. some reason or another, that uh, has just got some crazy memory or something that happened? Oh, look, probably the craziest one is the one we talked about. The sunset board was yeah. pretty epic for me. I mean... Yep. You know, that was a real how you going, you know. Yep. Shape Friday in Hawaii winning a contest at sunset on Wednesday. Yeah, unsanded. Yeah. Dodgy yeah. fins. Yeah. 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 That's one of them. That'd have to I be. mean, there's been a few and, and like I'd have to seriously sit and think about it to come up with one. But, yep. you know, that's the one that really pops out at me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Classic. You know. And, um, okay, mate, what about um, – is there any sort of uh, – likes or dislikes uh, in regards to people ordering boards is there any pet hates when someone comes in and orders a custom that you that really rubs you up the wrong way or something that really go oh yeah you know gets you in the in the mood and in the zone is there anything there yeah but basically uh tips to how to keep shapers happy i would call this one <laughs> yeah if you're a guy i mean you've got to, order if you're going to go in and talk to a shaper and 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 put your trust in him You've got to do just that. You've got to put your trust in him to a degree. Yeah. Um, I really dislike people coming in with a surfboard shaped by someone else wanting me to copy it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's a relic like what you bought. I'm pretty you sure know, that but was it, a uh, direct stab but I'd rather, there, If someone came in with a, a current day board, yep. I'd rather them go back and get one off them, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, if it's, yeah. not, if it's not something that I want to sort of make, yeah, if they're not putting uh, their faith in you to make them a good one. Yeah. And they say, oh, I want this guy's one. Yeah, yeah I love this board. Can you make me the same board? Yeah. Look, you can get close. Yeah. Um, you're never going to get it exactly the same. You're probably better off going to that shaper to get it closer yeah. if, if it means that much to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd rather make someone a board from listening to how they surf, where they surf. Are they front-footed? Are they back-footed? Are they – what are they up to? You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a bunch of different stuff. But if you can put your trust in someone and explain to them how you want to surf that board um, and where you want to surf that board, then nine times out of ten you're going to get a better board yeah. than trying to dictate what you want, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I've, I've sort of got that relationship with Oggy. You know? Yes, I, I yeah. Just go, sometimes I just go in there and talk to him with no intention of getting a board and then I end up walking getting out one. of there disordering, have ordered one. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and he's the worst salesman in the world. Oh, he's, yeah. He does, he's, he's not there to sell your he's board. Not there he's there to, to make you a good one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that just comes from talking about yeah. surfing. Well, that's a custom. That's a, that's a relationship between a shaper and a surfer. Um, you know, that, that you don't get from a board off the rack. That's right. There's plenty of guys that aren't what you'd call team riders 
that have got boards off me for the last 20 or 30 years. Yep. Guys that are just keep coming back because they've liked their last board. Yep. And I've got great relationships with those guys. Yeah. Now I have a cutting machine. I have all their past files as well. Yep. We can, you know, we know what they've just had last time. We can adjust that to suit what they've told me it goes like or what they liked or disliked about it. Yep. You know, so the, 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 that side of it's great, I lo- you know, rather than just handshaping. Yeah. You know, back in the days of handshaping, guys would come and go, oh, I want you to recreate this board. I love it. You know, you made it for me two years ago. Yep. And I think, what sort of blank did I use? Right. Did I have a hangover? <laughs> <laughs> was I in a good mood or a bad mood? <laughs> what was I thinking back then? Yeah, yeah. You know, to try and recreate that board. Whereas now I can go and draw the file. Yeah. Just and it out and go, computer. okay, what, what didn't you like about it? And, and try and make those changes on the screen. Yeah, and, that's awesome. And put it into foam. Yeah, that's then, the great part about a machine. Yeah. You can fine-tune your equipment. Yeah. But you've got to have equipment you want to fine-tune before you do that. And so on, on the machine, I mean, you've got the only machine in the southwest, have you? No, got? no, no. There's no. another one down in Margaret's. Oh, is there? Okay. Yeah. Um, Matt Manners has the same machine as what I have. Yep. So with the machine, I mean, h- how far does that take the blank before you've got to put your hands on it? Well, with the cutting programs that I've got running on this machine, I've kept it really upgraded over the last 10 years. Like, basically, if you went and bought a new machine today, you wouldn't get much different to what I've got. Right. Um, I've kept the upgrades coming. Yep. And um, so it takes the board to a high degree of finish, uh, you know, completely finished rails, um, all the concaves, Vs, rocker, volumes are all distributed how I want. Yeah. Um, it's a really the Aku machine is a very very good machine. Yeah. And and a clean cutting finish on the boards. Yeah. A clean cut finish, so it's very easy to clean up. Yeah. Um, some machines with the router heads and different things leave a lot more gauzing and sanding and stuff to do to get them back to a nice clean blank. Yeah. Whereas the Aku, um, I do cut quite a few amounts of cuts on the board, which makes it cleaner. So yeah, it's 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 a it gets it very close. Yeah, okay. yeah, within a half a mil. Right. So, but every single board that goes through there, you technically need to put your hands on at the end. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So every single one still gets a little hand, a little little hand job at the end. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. Little happy ending. For want of a better word, a happy ending or yeah, you hope it's a happy ending anyway. Yeah, <laughs> An ending. No, no, mate. Yeah, I, I spend, you know, 45 minutes to an hour cleaning one up. Yep. Um, I probably don't have to if I was in a hurry. Yep. But I like to take that time and there's just things like the way you finish a rail is how you like to finish a rail. Yep. Um, you can change a cut board quite significantly, um, you know, to – to what it ends up being cut to what it ends up being finished. Yeah, within so, a 30 to 60-minute window pretty quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you might cut some, you know, especially first-time files, you might find, oh, I thought that rail might be a little bit tucked more or not as much or whatever, and so you'll make appropriate changes to those rails and, yep. um, you know, the basic dynamics of the board with the concave and the rocker and the thickness distribution is there, but the fine-tuning is in the finishing, you know. Yep. And um, so, I mean, obviously the less you can do to a board, the better. So yep. I'm trying to refine my files all the time so that 
okay, we're going to get this one really close so I don't have to do so much at the end. Yeah, for sure. You know? That's the idea of it, isn't it? That is the idea of it, and, yeah. and it, it's a very good idea, I reckon. It is a very good idea, I think, it, but also it's it's nice to know that a master craftsman such as yourself is still laying his hands on it. Yes, exactly. As opposed to maybe something in China that is 100% machine. I mean, is that... Oh, no, well, they've all got to be cleaned up. The problem is with the... Well, look, who knows? But most of the crew in those situations haven't seen the ocean, mate, let alone surfed. Yeah. I know what a rail feels like and I know what a good rail feels like in my world. Yeah. I try and make those ones. Yeah. Uh, whether they're good, bad, or otherwise, they're, the, they're what I think is the, good. Yeah, that's right. And and, and it's so you know, I can draw from a lot of years surfing experience and different rails that I've tried, yep. um, different boards in general that I've tried. But rails comes down to rails a lot for me. Right. And if you can get those rails half right, then you've got a nice surfboard. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting, mates. And um. Is there, how many machines is there in WA? You said there's one in Margie's. Oh, I think is, there's a couple maybe around the, the place. On the south coast at all? Or? No, I don't think there's any down the south coast. So so do these, how many shapers are coming to you and saying, these are my bread and butter shapes, yeah. pump me out? And oh, I've got pretty much most of the guys in WA that are making any kind of numbers are coming to me for boards. Are they? Yeah, I've probably got 15 different shapers on my books. Yeah, right. You know, at the moment. Yeah. Um, and they have been there for the last 10 years. So know? Billy Gibson called you the slut of the board shape. Yeah. It turns out now you're the madam of the brothel. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Good. Pretty much. Well, that's how it works, isn't yeah. it? You climb, climb your ladder to the top, <laughs> now. Well, I hadn't thought of it like that, but now you put it that way, it's probably pretty true. Oh, it just occurred to me. Yeah. Yeah. We'll blame Billy for all this. Thanks, all Billy. Billy. <laughs> I'll get you back, mate. Don't yeah. worry. Oh, classic. Yeah, well, um, yeah, so you've obviously got lots of different shapers coming yep. to you. You know, you've got all their files. Yep. Making their, what they want, and, they, and then they go back and, and put their master craftsman exactly, hands on mate. them and, and you know, push them out. They, they, they give me the files that they design for their particular models and yep. custom orders and whatnot, and uh, we run them through the machine, and they get them back to do exactly what I do with them. Yeah. Turn them into their finished product with their labels on them, and then their, their hands have touched them. And, and it's their design. and yeah. It's their design, and it's a good thing, you know. Yeah, it is a good thing, yeah. Um, so was yeah. it, it, was, it was one of your best moves, you reckon? In, in I've really enjoyed it. As to you, I've got to tell you, I've really enjoyed it. they weren't cheap, were they? We the machine? Yeah. No. No, it's so scary, it was a big investment. Scary figures for a little bloke like me. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know what? I took a punt and, and I really enjoyed it. You yeah. know, prior to this, I knew most of the shapers in WA, yeah. none of them well. Yeah. We all standoffish with each other because you're a shaper, I'm a shaper, mine are yeah. better than yours type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I tried to bury all of that. And now it gets, some days I'll have four or five different shapers all together in my factory, Yeah. all discussing stuff. Yes, yeah, and, ideas. And, and to me it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, that's great. It's kind of like brought the family together, if you like, you know. Unreal. Yeah, well, there's only good that can come from that. There's only good that can come from yeah. it. And they're all wonderful people, the shapers, you know. Each and every one of them I've got to know so well over the last 10 or 11 years. Yep. And they're great guys and they're all doing – they're like me. They're just doing their own thing. Yep. And, um, yeah, I've got to love them all, you know. Some days I get the shits with them. They give me too much to cut. But <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get out of there. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's been just... a really fun trip. This last 10 years has been really fun. Oh, cool, man. Because I was thinking, oh, I'm just about wound up 10 years ago. I was thinking, oh, do I really want to – keep battling away at this and then the, I, I took a drive around Australia with my family and 
uh, met Rod Dahlberg, of all people, in Yamba. Right. And he said to me, come with me, I've got something to show you. And we went next door to Albert Fox's factory. And there's a cutting machine, an Aku cutting machine, mowing a board out. And I stood there and watched it and I went, oh, my God, how good's that? Yeah, right. And that's what Rodney said. He said, you need one of these in WA. And I went, you're dead right. Yeah. And so I bought one. So you were the first one in WA to get one? Uh, well, no. Matt had a different machine to what I bought. Oh, yeah? I don't know what it was. I never saw it. I yep. think he had some problems with it. He ended up upgrading to what I've got. Yep. Um, but, yeah, the first real proper one. Yeah. Where I, and, I, and I knew, you know, Dave McCauley, Marty Littlewood, um, Ado down in Albany, you know, yeah. Chappie and Mano and Oggy, Oggy and, and yeah. all the crew up this end and all the, Chris McKenzie in Perth. You know, there's a whole bunch of different guys that use it. Yep. Um, and, yeah, they've all entrusted me with their files. I said, look, I don't, I don't care what you – I don't want to copy your files. I'm yeah, really yeah. interested in that. No. Flat yeah. out doing my own stuff. Yeah, you know? I guess I guess that could be a sticking point. It's like their creations, and I don't want other. Oh, absolutely! I think out. if you're going to send your files off to willy nilly to anyone, you've got yeah. to maybe trust them because yeah, it sure. is your life's work what you're putting into that board, and um, you don't want someone to be able to just copy it. Yeah, you know what I mean through through just having a file. Yeah. So no, I feel like I'm pretty trustworthy. Um, and I try and give them as best service as I can and then I worry about my own business, you know? Yeah, ah, fair enough. Yeah, it's all good. And, mate, you've been there through the whole progression of surfboards, yep. obviously, you know, starting with the singlies and... Fair, fair bit of it. Fair yeah. bit of it. You know, you probably weren't shaping mouths, I guess. You maybe missed that bit. I avoided but... them because I don't like surfing with them. Sorry, boys. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, mate, was, was any era of board your favourite or the most exciting in terms of, like, development or progress or anything like that or, you know? Yeah, all the three-fin surfboards, mate. I mean, gee, that, was it that added time, another dimension it? almost, didn't it? Was it? Yeah, I think so. We went from surfing single fins, standing in the middle of the board, driving off the rails and, you know, all that stuff that you like to do yeah. uh, to having to get your foot back, having a, still maintaining speed with your foot on the tail of your board with a lot more control, a lot more vertical control, yeah. a lot more everything control. Maybe not as fast in the barrel, but, you know. But you can pop them in the barrel. You've seen a few good pits on thrusters, I think, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, one or two. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, no, I love that progression. That was really exciting for me and it took me – probably I find it that exciting because it took me a long time to get used to. Yeah. I grew up riding single fins. Yeah. When I first made myself a thruster, I couldn't ride it. I, I struggled. Right. Um, I struggled to the point where I thought this was weird. What, what are these things so good about? Because I was still trying to ride it like a single fin. Yeah, yeah. Get my weight, my front feet forward, yep. you know, standing more in the middle of the board than on the back of the board. Yeah. Then I started looking at the boards that I did for, like, at the time, Mitch Thorson and Damon Easto and Ant, uh, those guys, Ding, all those guys that were surfing really good, Stomper, yep. all those guys. I look, at, <laughs> I, I look at their second-hand board, their old boards, yeah. and I'm looking where their back foot is going. Yeah. And I'm going, ah. And they're all over the leading edge of the back fin. Right. Okay, so covering that back fin... If you can get your foot back over that, not over the whole back fin necessarily, yeah, or the Groms these days do, but more so that leading edge of that back fin, it's a control point. It's a pivot point. Yeah, it's where you turn. You can steer the board from there. If your foot's forward of that back fin, you're dragging that fin behind your feet. Yeah, right. And slowing you down. You know, and that's yep. the problem I had. It would bog in a cutty. You know, it just wouldn't yep. work. 
Yeah, right. So I used to go and buy a deck grip and um, put my foot on it and put a line on it and go right and cut two-thirds of it off and then stick that deck grip right over halfway halfway over the back fin forward. So when I put my foot on that deck grip, it was right over the leading edge of that back sweet fin. Spot. Then I learned how to ride a thruster. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Oh, it's really cool, mate. Yeah. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. So, yeah. And it made me realise, okay, and I... To this day, I have guys coming in with boards saying, what's wrong with this board? I don't like this board. Or what do you, what do you think I should do? I'll go, and I'll look where their foot dents are for their back feet. And I'll yeah, go, like no, mate. Okay, you want to buy one of these tiny little creatures of leisure tail pads yeah. that are just really small. The tail block, I think they call them. You know, it's only big enough for your back foot. A little kicker and a little bit of grip. Yeah. Put that so that where that kicker is is halfway over your back fin. Do not do a turn until you know your foot's on that kicker. Right. And see what happens. And I've had them come back going, my God, that was the best advice I ever had. Wow. Yeah, it works unreal. It teaches you to ride a three-fin surfboard. Well, maybe I could do with that. Ah, maybe you could try it. <laughs> no, but the grommets these days grow up on them, so they don't. They probably think, what a lot of waffle. But yeah. for us old boys, you know what I mean? If you want to ride a thruster, you've got to get your foot over that back fin. Yeah. yeah as simple as that, I reckon, to turn it. Yeah. That's to cool. turn it with any degree of confidence and yeah. power and... Finesse, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I think those days are gone for us. But oh, uh, yeah, mate. Finesse. Uh, finesse. Yeah, yeah. Did I say finesse? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so that was probably the most exciting time then, I guess. That, well, yeah, around you know, that early 80s, you know, yeah. when Simon won bells and, um, poor boy, yeah. didn't he do it with, with a bang, you know? Did, did every shaper world. in the country just go, holy shit. Every shaper just went, what the hell? Fins all over their board. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, yeah, no, you yeah, it was a major turning point. Yeah. A major turning And I was, at the time, I was a flatmate with Mitch Thorson. Yep. Who was in the top 30 or whatever it was at the time. Right. And um, trying to make Mitch boards with three fins on them. And Mitch was very much a back-footed surfer. Even his single fins I used to make him. We used to have to put the fins really far back. Right. Like way more than a normal single fin. Because Mitch is a really heavily back-footed surfer. Okay. So when it came to thrusters, it suited him very well, you know. Because of that back-footedness, it was just perfect for him. Yeah, right. And um, so we had a degree of success for a while there, me and Mitch. And, um, yeah, he was in the top – I think it was – what was the thing in the old days? Top 40, top yeah, 30, I top 20, remember. I don't know. Yeah. What it was. But, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Awesome. Okay, so uh, that's pretty cool. Um, mate, do you – you obviously make a lot of rack boards and custom boards. Oh, I don't do a lot of rack boards, no. Oh, yeah, no. Most of my shops. time is with customs. Is it? Um, yeah. Oh, I do a lot of rack boards now. I do the CI stuff. Yeah. Been helping him out there. Um, yeah, that's a thing you've got to be careful what you wish for, isn't it? You know, I thought, oh, I'm in my final years of shaping here at 63. Yep. I'd rather be shaping than just running a cutting machine. Yep. So I stuck my hand up to do the Channel Island stuff in WA. Okay. With Ant-Man repping him. Right. And uh, I thought, oh, yeah why don't we make them here rather than over there? And they agreed to it, so we're doing that. But now I can't keep up. <laughs> oh, really? So but a lot of rack boards without my label on them. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I enjoy it. It's, it's once again, it's, a, it's another, another uh, what's the word? You know, we're, it's another avenue. It's another look at different, different guys. I'm shaping boards that another guy designed. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And you're just machining them and finishing them. And machining them and finishing them and, and really taking a bit of pride in them, trying to keep up the... Good work for those guys, yeah, you know. Keep up the name of the logo. Yeah, I want yeah. guys to enjoy riding them and not have problems with them. Yeah. And um, that probably re 
helps me with my own stuff in the long term because a bit more finesse involved. I've got to stop and think and do things a bit differently. Yep, yep. You can't um, just get stuck in your old ways. Or, yeah, you know, exactly. Your, Instead of if... just every rail being the same and every, yep. you know, um, it, it's pretty diversified. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, I've actually enjoyed doing that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, but you'd probably prefer customs. Oh, I love making custom boards. Yeah, yeah, for that personal touch, I guess, or something. Yeah, mate. Like I said to you earlier, when you make someone a board and they come back and go, mate, I love this board. Yeah. It's a pretty great feeling. Awesome. All right, mate. So um, we're getting near the end here. We've been uh, waffling on a fair bit. We have been yeah, waffling. You were claiming you had about 20 minutes worth of material, but uh, we've been going a fair bit longer than that, and I'm, I'm sure we've only just touched the surface. But, uh, IPA waffle, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but, mate, um, just quickly, let's round it out with, give us, say, I don't know, best two or three, you know, one or two sessions that really just, of your own personal surf sessions that just really pop out in your memory of, of one of the best sessions you've ever had sort of oh. I mean I know it's always hard I sort of always go oh the top 10 you know but yeah. just give us one that pops in your mind look mate that, that first trip to the bluff I told you about yep. it pumped for a week it got up to 8 feet it yep. got up bigger than 8 feet one day we didn't surf but yeah. yep. um, you know the day after that was just magic and I was out in the water with a very dear friend Barry Young yep. and uh, he said to me he's, he's 10 years older than me Baz yep. and at the time I was whatever 21 yeah, Barry Young's still kicking around, yelling up. Barry's still yep. going strong, mate. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's surfs in the Maldives when he can. Yeah, and Baz and I had a lot of trips to the Maldives together. He introduced me to the Maldives, and we've had ten or eleven trips there together. Yep. Have just been all time. Gentleman waves over there, aren't they? Uh, they are, and they're, they're still, better than you think. Yeah, they're still you know, sick, though. Yeah, yeah. He used to say to me, "Oh, you might find it a bit soft. You know, I don't know if you'll enjoy it as much as I do." And and when he took me there one time, you know, I just went, oh, my God, this place is just heaven. Yeah. It was just unbelievable, you know. Sick. We had some great waves in that place. Awesome. Um, but, yeah, one of the the first trip to the bluff, it was probably six to eight feet, absolutely perfection bluff. And he said to me, he said, Al, I think this is the best surf I've ever been out in. Wow. And I said, mate, well, you're 10 years older than me. <laughs> and I'm telling you, this is definitely the best surf I've ever been out in. And that's the day that photo that I showed you got is taken. And, oh, and well. it was just smoking, mate. It was just smoking. Sick. Well, we'll get a yeah. photo of that and put it up on the Instagram page okay. of uh, Barrel Surf Podcast when we release the episode, for sure. And, um, mate, just quickly, you've obviously did Bali. You did Maldives. Mm. Um, did you travel the world? Not the world, but I've been to Tavarua, had a fantastic, once again with Baz. Oh, yeah, cloud We break. went for two weeks to Tavarua and yep. we had a lot of cloud break. We had four different swells at restaurants awesome. over that two weeks, which was pretty unheard of, I got think. Got pretty tubed over there, did you, mate? Oh, yeah, I got a couple, mate. Boy, I was a pretty happy boy after that trip. So that would be in your top 10 sort yeah, of Yeah, absolutely, trips? absolutely. Yep. Probably in the top three or four, yeah, it was an incredible journey. Unreal. That one. It, what we, year was that, roughly? That was about mid nineties. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. mid nineties. So um, pretty exclusive back then, wasn't it? Yeah, yep. Yeah. You had to start. You know, you could only surf Cloudbreak if you were staying at Tavarua. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we we scored big time. Really, we surfed every day we were there. There was no lay days. Unreal. And it was a fantastic trip. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best waves in the world, isn't oh, it? Oh, restaurants, boy, what a wave! And then when Cloudbreaks for you know Cloudbreaks is on all the time. Yeah. And uh, but. Restaurants is, is, yeah, it's refined. It's a perfect wave, isn't Unreal. it? Unreal. You know, a beautiful wave. What about South Africa, Europe? No, I haven't made it there. No. haven't made it to Europe. haven't yep. done anything. Yeah, basically yep. Tavarua, 
I got a summer summer spell in Hawaii. Oh yeah. Uh, I went to Hawaii in '86. I went to sorry California in '86. Yep. And did some shaping stint over there for two months. Okay. And uh, finished in Hawaii. I did a couple of weeks working for Hawaiian Island Creations. Right. And uh, actually got to stay uh, at a friend's house on the beach at Pupakea, which is I don't know halfway up from Pipe. You know, between Pipe and Rocky Point. Yep. Woke up one morning and there was four or five foot waves out there and not a soul on the beach. Oh, beautiful, because it's being summer. I mean, I've paddled out on my own and I'm pinching myself going, wow, <laughs> here's your first wave in Hawaii. Classic. And uh, it was a summer swell. It was a typhoon going through north or something. But Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty special. That was great, you know. Awesome. And, mates, uh, mate, I think we should probably wrap it up. Yep. It's been bloody good. Oh, great, mate. Uh, great I'm sure talking to you. There's more that we could have delved into, but we we tried to do our best. You know, yeah. we're just a couple of average punters sitting in a shed <laughs> drinking beer after mate, all. Mate, I'm just having a great time chatting <laughs> with you, buddy. Mate, so um, uh, anything you can leave us with rounding out? Like, uh, are you surfing much these days? Or? No, my shoulder's letting me down a little bit the last 18 months, two years. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm trying to work on that again, but, you know, I'm 63. I'm pretty happy. I've had... As good a surfing life, I think, as I could have ever hoped for. As anyone could hope for. I am, mate. I really have. I've, I feel very lucky. Yeah. And I'm thankful for that. But you're not done. Are you? I'm not done. No, no. no I'll come good. surfing again. I'm just going to get this shoulder right. Yeah, sweet. And, um, yeah, guys, just keep surfing and having fun. And, Wicked. You know, trust your shaper. Have a go. You know, yep. put, put a bit of faith in him. If he lets you down, try someone else. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's all good, mate. It's yeah. a beautiful world, you know. Yeah. We're all very fortunate to have lived in the times we've lived in, I think. For sure. Yeah, and, we're in a, um, a, a luxurious part of the world. Oh, yeah, which mate. Which has been emphasised by the shit that's been going on lately in the rest yeah, of the world. Yeah, you don't have to look too far to be pretty grateful for what you got, do you? Yeah. So there it is. Keep surfing. Keep enjoying life, mate. Al, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've been trying to get you. Cheers, Cheers. It's, uh You've been listening to Barrel Surf Podcast. And, uh, yeah, go out and get yourself an Albine Custom and get tubed. (laughs) Bring it on. I'll see you later, guys. Woo!